We're not famous. That's why. No shit. It's kind of what. And, if, and, if, and if Portnoy DM'd you right now and said, "Hey, dipshit, nice fucking teeth. I'm gonna put you on barstool tomorrow, and you're gonna do keep a basement, and we blow up by Friday, then bitches are gonna fuck with us." Do you understand how it works? Play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Get yourself shot. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. This week's episode is brought to you by Colt 45 and Bananas, Breakfast of Champions. Hey, what's going on? This is Tay, the former co-host of Keep It Basement with the Sweens. I see the boy Sweens done blew up without me. You are tuned in to Keep It Basement and keep it locked here. Yeah. More fire. Come on, man. I'm too Hollywood for this podcast. Yeah, I heard you tried to get bitches to the crib. That didn't work, obviously. And then your bum-ass intern, very unreliable and unprofessional. I'm gonna see you later. Stay black. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's not so bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it, <laughs> keep it, basement podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory, like Oprah's Bugatti. Damn, that shit was dope. Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, baby, we are back in action. Keep it basement. <laughs> We got the whole crew here. It's been a while. At the Sweens, Alex, Nicholas, thank you guys for tuning into the show. We have a special guest here, special to me at least, Gracie Jean, straight out of Maplewood, <laughs> New Jersey, by way of East Orange, and he probably knows Gordon. And this is this is the first kid I've ever did stand up with. We used to go around the city and bomb our faces off, and nothing's changed for you. Nothing's changed for me, and nothing started <laughs> for Mike. Any- um, so yeah, Gracie, thanks for coming on, dude. I know it's like, you know, you have me on the podcast without the bitches. <laughs> you, know, you have to have me on the podcast with like a porn star or somebody. And do exclusive, uh, only one gender per podcast. Sorry. That's our, Wait, that's our rule. Uh, Gracie, are you the guy who called me a beta male? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm red pill, man. A red you're, pill. You're blue, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get into my philosophies too much. In this. That's why you have to have me with these holes on here. Dude, Gracie's philosophical as fuck, and he's like, he'll pull shit out of his ass. He'll pull some philosophy shit out of his ass. I'm just like, what Wait, did I call you? I didn't call you beta. I called you no, blue pill. 
difference. I thought I, don't I, know, know. I thought I you called me red. I thought you oh yeah, blue pill. But I talked to someone who's like a like a big alpha male type person and he was saying mm-hmm. like the people who created Red Mill are actually like beta males and like all nerds who like study this whole mm-hmm. thing and like lied to women and stuff. Kind of like that guy mystery in that mo- the book the game where like the that's, pickup artist that's the pickup stuff we gonna get yeah. into a whole wow pickup pickup stuff yeah um red pill completely different it's kind of like the anti pickup where it's like uh yeah we understand female nature and all that extra crap you're gonna do is not gonna work it comes out to even the best woman cares about money and physique and all others external stuff it's just about hiding it but anyway <laughs> i know i forgot because they were it. saying that it was like i forgot what it was about but apparently like the red pill people are they were saying they're just like narcissists or like people who like created this whole thing and really they were never red pill to begin with i don't know though no check out the alpha male came from the internet though, AMS. If, if you look mm-hmm. at the red pill guys you could tell that they get girls as if you look at the uh the pickup artist guys yeah, it's kind of like maybe they get girls who knows but in terms of like the external look without no homo like ams is like a six foot something must muscle bound guy so it's like all right you're gonna fuck the bitches anyway. didn't they ban- <laughs> but, didn't, huh? they ban- didn't they ban it on reddit i don't know they're bad they i don't know they're everything's ran by like super and there's like purple that. pill too what the fuck there's all these pills purple pill is uh a guy who's red pill wear, but he just in a relationship. Oh, word. Because I thought they were, they said, I saw. No, this is like the first time I'm really hearing about this. Like, yeah, I see. I, I, hide, I hide it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I remember I was like, oh, wait, he's the one who said that I was a. He always used to be telling me about this pill shit, and I don't know what any of it means. I've yeah, seen it's him crazy. Too, it's like this. I understood what it was. Like, I, I thought it was like an inside joke. Like, I wasn't getting it or something. Like, it's I don't a whole, know, like, army, like, dude. No, when you do that, when the thing about it, when you start uh, explaining or saying it, people look at you like you're fucking crazy, like you're probably cult or something. So you don't, I don't <laughs> say saying, it. And also Doesn't because that like, uh, isn't that from like the Matrix, basically? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think they might have got yeah the idea from the Matrix. Well, the the right biggest there. scam is here's an example. I interviewed Robert Green, Forty Eight Laws of Power, and he's like, if you use all my laws, you'd be the biggest narcissist piece of shit ever, and like he doesn't even use them. And it, but this, it's not I, about that. No, no, I read the same concept yeah. with the Red Bull. If you use everything they say, you're literally like just like not human and like uh, pretty much a machine in a way and just really not you. It yeah, was like the same thing. You gotta like use it to your what, That's what we all shooting for anyway, bro. Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but also one reason I don't like you gotta sell these bitches a dream. So it's like you don't want to, yeah, yeah, yeah this is how women anymore. are. You know, this is how women are and all that crap. And then they kind of like start attacking you and like this whole. Like, you can't be, you got to thread the line. You don't want to be seen as misogynistic, but we all have nature. We're all, like, animals at the end of the day. And it just, it's all about they try to get the best they can in terms of breeding. Like, the most women want to breed with, like, the alpha guy, like, the best they could get, and then have, like, that's where the beta comes, and they have a beta guy parent, the alpha's sperm. You know what's crazy? Like the biggest introverts and beta males are the most successful now. Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos. No, that's, what, mm-hmm. it, that's the thing people get though. People think, oh, it's a physical thing. I'll say Elon Musk is a is is an alpha male. They were saying he's beta. Guy. I'm I'm saying he's not because think about the models he has, like Amber Heard, and then he kicked him to a curb, and then he gets another model. So he understands just the way he thinks. He understands female nature 
Like, is he married to a model? No. Well, also, when you make a certain amount of money, though, it doesn't matter. You don't have to go exactly. based off of social contract anymore. That I understand. Mm-hmm. However, like for, I feel like for the regular average dude, the whole alpha beta thing, honestly, I feel like that just all falls down to confidence, bro. Are you? Oh, 100%. Uh, because you can see the skinniest, shortest dude, bro. And I know dudes that are like five, five, that taking fucking six foot niggas fucking chicks just because of who he is, you know? To a certain extent, I'll say this. You could be, if you're like fat as fuck and just like have no money, whatever, I don't care how confident you are, you're not getting bitches. Um, that's just the reality of the situation. Now, if you're, that you have to overcompensate in some way, like have a credible physique or have, or have money, one of the two to... You can't, like, that's the only way. You can't necessarily that whole fake it till you make it confidence crap is, yes, the only way is self-improvement. No, I wouldn't even say it's fake. I wouldn't even say it's faking it till you're making it. I would say it's just, you know, when you're around a dude that's being him. And like, for example, like when girls show up, for example, Mm -hmm. and you with your boy, you always know, you know, a couple dudes that start acting way different. Yeah. Yeah. That That happened to me right before quarantine. It pissed me off. Yeah, it was like we. It was a group of guys, two girls, and then obviously the one girl was into me, and you. The well, you you met uh, met him, Tom, and the other guy, and I was in that into her. But <laughs> she was pretty, but I just wouldn't. I was into the other girl. Got no play from her, but he was just like we we all joke around, but I feel like he was being a bit extra. It's not getting his pre-workout. Yeah. No, no, but, that, but that's what he means, though, by, like, sometimes it is nature. You know what I mean? Like, like the the whole, like, when, like, uh like peacocks, when they freaking sprout out and all them feathers when a freaking girl comes around. Like, there's dudes that automatically do that off rip. But those are the same dudes that are never around women either. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's a trade-off. Like, Well, Gracie, yeah, Gracie, did you, you said something funny. We were talking in our group chat with our other buddy, Mike, and he's, like, in, like, a serious relationship, but, like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, since we since we known him, so yeah. he's probably been with her for like seven, eight years, and he's like, he just texts this group, and like, do you get side pussy? And and they live together, and he's like, fuck no, dude. And then and then you played it into the fact of, you know, because he he he's pre- he's probably pretty well off with his job and stuff, so he could probably pull it off, you know, in terms of status quo or whatever. whatever. Even though he's like, you know, fat and not that good looking. Like girls, yeah, but more we have somebody. Yeah, but once again, you you also got to remember, it's like, there's certain factors, too, like, who Wait, you who's have in the relationship here? Huh? Alex. You're in a relationship? Are you? Alex is. Oh, yeah. Without okay. a doubt. Without a doubt. And 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 I could, I could tell. I could tell. When's the last time you uh you, you was in a relationship? Well, I got burned my last relationship. That's why I went red pill. I get it. No, 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 I know that, it that's I why everybody go rep it. But we, but I've seen the patterns <laughs> and I understand female nature before. It it'll take a, it takes a guy doing everything right and getting burned to understand hypergamy and female nature. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I definitely get that too. But also, might just be the wrong individual. You feel me? Like, 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 oh, it's all women. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all women are hypergamy. It's, it's a quality. It's a quality. this? Even how, your girl, how many times you had to answer for some bullshit that you didn't even do? 
Oh yeah, that was yeah. the whole yeah. That's they what I mean. Though, they like... doing sneaky crap. They understand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. This guy's good. He's not eating the banana like uh, Cameron says. Not to eat the banana like a dick. He's <laughs> taking the banana off little by little. Yeah. Yo, just bite the banana whole. Who? What? what? He doesn't <laughs> want to say. He doesn't like want to say pause. <laughs> No, he's being who, he's being courteous. Yo, I swear, you know, people swear the pause police out here, my nigga. Like, like, <laughs> like, dudes gonna drop out the sky and whoof you for eating a banana whole. Defund the pause the pause police. <laughs> I want to be non weird about it. If we're just talking about beta males and you just sitting there sucking a fucking banana, it would be hilarious. Yo, why? But yo, 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 nah. If he, you know, if you confident in yourself, bro, yo, eat the whole banana, bro. <laughs> I just remember he called me a uh, red uh, blue pill. It's like that kid's funny, but he's a blue pill. I love the. I, you can tell he was watching seduction videos. <laughs> uh, I watch uh, Stephanie and all that crap all the time. No, you can't have these these women. On here telling this blue pill BS. And I just like, don't even understand that where that came from. Like, that's definitely some internet shit, right? Yeah. What had happened was what oh, happened? No, no. Uh, the the book, uh, Royal Tomasi book is um, probably spawn spawn. I would say spawn this whole thing. Um, what's it called? The Bible. Oh wow. I usually have it near me. <laughs> but yeah. It came from a book, and then this guy named Aphromel Strategies kind of made it as mainstream as you can from YouTube. Mm. I don't know about any of this shit. Yeah, the thing with the YouTube people, it's like once they get a, a following, they have to like play their their, their following. But like that guy's pretty lit. That guy's pretty cool. Like like for example, like recently the London Reel was trying to like make. I don't know if you know what the London Reel is, but he's trying to make like this platform that's like. He's able to say whatever he wants, freedom of speech, because YouTube takes stuff down. But apparently the whole thing was a scam for him to make like just six figures a month on these people. And it was just like, he was like pretending to make this whole like app, app and he was just trying to cater to his audience, but he got like caught in the, in the middle of it. And he acts like this bravado guy and all this shit like that. And he does good interviews. And it's just like, I feel like on YouTube, once you start to make it and be successful, if, you have, if you're like an alpha male strategy or something like that, it's like you have to cater to the audience that you made, that, that made you, you know? That's why it always pays to be yourself the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't, like, like if you're faking the funk, so there's, there's going to be somebody that's going to call you out on it. Like, like even, like, with the whole, uh, like, you hear rumors all the time about, like, Ellen, De like Ellen DeGeneres is, like, yeah, a fucking person. Yet, when you see her every time, it's hard to fathom. But it's, like, imagine how miserable that is, that you know you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and every time you're out in public, you got to act like the nicest person all the time. Yeah, and just claiming a lifestyle too. It's like I'd rather just that's why I like comedy because you could have different opinions. You know what I mean? And do whatever you want to yeah, talk. Yeah, do whatever like, you want to talk about. Like, and it's the opposite too. Like you got the nicest dudes like Jesselnick that's saying the craziest things, and you swear this dude is like the most cold-hearted person, and then you talk to him, he's the nicest guy. That's funny. Like Cosby too, you know? Just kidding. Hmm. I was talking I said, Cosby. Oh, I said Cosby's the whole, the, they say the darker you are on stage, the nicer you are off stage. And he, yeah. the clean guys are usually, you know, the, this, the fucked oh, up yeah. ones, except for Seinfeld. But Cosby obviously is the best example of that. I hope, I hope Seinfeld is as wholesome as he, as he seems. <laughs> I, he, well, he's, well, he's, well, he's <laughs> known to, to be like an arrogant asshole, but I mean, I he was 
available. He, he don't have any rape charges or no, anything on him. He so seems pretty cool. If you're, if, you're, if you're just like arrogant, rich, like that's fine. You, you, fucking you, that. Hero. you remember that? Oh. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> Comedy wise, what I want to talk about is a lot of people have been hitting me up and they're like saying a lot of their favorite comedian specials are ass and they can't get through them. Like Chris D'Elia, Burt Kreischer, like all these like top LA comedians or any comedians. And I, I kind of came to the conclusion, like maybe talent isn't the key ingredient. It's kind of just being famous or having that network like a Rogan and just getting put on. Cause it's really weird. Like even like Tim Dillon's really good uh, watching some of his stuff. But like, even when he got on Rogan, he made a certain pa- uh, Patreon after and he blew up like monthly after that. But even like, Chris D'Elia, like people are saying they can't even get through his specials or Burt Kreischer and all these like top notch comedians. And it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's happened to me a lot le- recently during this quarantine where people were hitting me up saying like comedy's gotten so bad, but I don't really watch their stuff anyway, but I was just wondering what you guys thought. I think the more, I think you're more inclined to get through a special if it's, uh, if you really, really like the guy or if it's jokes, but that's also subjective. So it's like, I'll watch my favorite comic special, but I still only might watch half of it. And then, like, Norman was getting DMs out the ass saying his YouTube special was better than Chris D'Elia's special, for example. But he didn't get the Netflix shot because he's not a huge name. Yeah, it's also shorter than the regular commercial special, too. And, like, you got to factor in. People's attention spans aren't shit now. You think the hour to be gone? No, even if you like a dude that much, you know how crazy of a special you have to have to, like, lock somebody in like it's a live show for that amount of time there's yeah like delirious delirious Delirious. and killing them softly Uh, and that's a good one yeah even Chappelle's like every one of Chappelle's specials keep you captivated somehow like you're locked in bro like to the point where it's like oh shit it's already over that's why that's why he was putting them out back to back because even Seinfeld's uh even Seinfeld that just came out like two or three weeks ago has been getting shit from like yeah, from yeah. Even my his friend fans. said his was terrible. My dad's obsessed with Seinfeld. He thought it was he but thought I mean, it was so boring. Who cares? By the Not way, exactly. would you trust? By the way, would you trust a comic that didn't have a bad special anyway? No, nah, I just think it's subjective. It's like not. It's not necessarily bad. It's just like it's how does it? It doesn't maintain your interest. Does talent mean less time. than we thought? Like there's some talent there, but you don't have to be the best comedian ever to be successful. Well, yeah, Gracie has a hot take on this. Cause, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know, I got a hot take, too. It's, it's, it's like something like a tree of like a Charlemagne or Joe Rogan to get you on, and then you could do whatever. Yes, yeah, networking. That, like Joe Rogan, that, the, you per, his stand-up, it's not that great. But his personality, and I think that's mm-hmm. what he I think he knows his stand-up isn't that great. That's why he ha- made this platform where he could be – a personality. So I think it's a personality more than that. And, and then there's people making money more on something else than comedy and they're called Sam comedians. Like I heard Schultz pulling in so much money on the internet. Now he makes more than touring what he would touring. Same with Rogan. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's which, is, a, which is great because you don't look at touring as work. <laughs> it's no longer work. It's, Oh shit, bro. I get to go on tour when I want, where I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Guys that actually have to tour like, the Obama, Bobby Lee, they're still funny because it's a muscle. You, if you're not, if you're just going up for a special, you're not gonna be as funny. But if you have to do it fucking 365 days a year, it's gonna be fun. Theo Von's, Bobby, Theo Von's there where he uh, he's so big that I feel like he could like not even do touring because like his shit's now, about to blow up big too. Only recently though, yeah. dude, he and he really blew up within like he literally said it on one of the Barstool podcasts. He's like, there was like a nine month span where I really like really blew up and started selling out. Nobody even heard of Theo Von until maybe two years ago. 
Keith nah, literally you knew, you knew. came out. The no, he is, but if you knew. But he was around the road. He was a road comic yeah. for fucking 15 years. And then he finally just kind of sparked and blew up. And then look like a guy like Bobby Lee, who's almost 50, been doing it 25 years. He doesn't even have a special. He's never done a comedy. Bobby Lee special. doesn't need a special. No, he doesn't. But he, I'm sure no, he wants one. Like, somebody, like people, his fans want him to have one. He was salty. He I, I saw a YouTube he doesn't want to do it because like you got to also remember when you're making X amount of money and you're well known and you're like kind of got this momentum where everybody knows you for that one thing. When you put out a new special, you're gambling with that success because if you put, it's like, it's like if you put out a bad special, it's almost like losing the fight as a fighter. Like now you're fucking three steps behind where you were planning on being anyway. Yeah, like, the thing that, my, yeah. if I had Mad TV money, why the fuck would I put out a special? That doesn't make any sense. Brendan's swab special was so bad, and he's still killing Shop. it. I don't know if it matters anymore. <laughs> I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, special was, that special was terrible. Like, that special was, yeah, it was bad. And I like well, Shaw. I like listening too. to Shaw like, on the podcast. That's the thing. I think now more than ever, you could pretty be bad at stand-up in a way and still be successful because he's got, like, his whole no. following. You, you got no business. You got no business having a Showtime special, bro. Like I know however, that's the thing. He got no, that. Mike's right. You can be successful. You won't. You won't be. You can't be. You could be successful, and not be as good of a comic because there's so many other avenues that can come in with it. Like Shaw, who's basically a millionaire, and his stand-ups, you know. No, no, no. But, but everybody but like, still going, sells out and shit. Everyone's gonna talk about that special. Bobby Lee talks <laughs> yeah. shit about it. <laughs> like everyone everyone did. <laughs> the Stefano nah, Norman told him his face was terrible. You notice that the comedians tiptoe around it because of Rogan. If he didn't have Rogan, they would go so fucking hard on him. I know. Oh, yeah. they would have been like, "Why do you? Yeah. Why are you even up there?" But, if he didn't have yeah, Fighter and yeah. a kid, but, they'd be nasty to him. No, no, no. But you would never say it to his face either. That's it. They <laughs> would if he didn't have Fighter in the Kid because they would be like, they realize it's a good platform to be on. They don't want to hurt themselves from that opportunity. Oh, yeah. That yeah, UFC fighter, um, his name, the, the African kid, he's, he's killing it right now. The 170 pound champion on the left. Just uh, oh, in Ghana? Not, it's not oh, no, Ghana. It's uh, Israel? Adesanya? Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he yeah. has comic friends and he says they crap on uh, Brendan all the time. Oh, yeah. Some UFC fighters don't like him. A lot of them are also crapping him because they're bitter. Like, you have to. Like, he's not good at comedy. He's hugely successful. He's a millionaire, probably. Still sells out. I feel like he just went up to Showtime and started trashing everybody so they gave him a special. He also has the... uh, He also preaches that he had to have the Showtime or HBO or Netflix co-sign to validate his stand-up. And that shouldn't be validation. Validation should be all the other comics around you thinking you're great. Like you got a Showtime special in four years, Norman. Yeah, Norman because- like when Norman went on fighting the kid, he like he'll uh, he'll passive aggressively say it like that's more than Shaw Bright's in fucking five years or whatever. And like he's he they know it's awful, but they're not gonna say it like seriously because they want the platform, they want yeah. to be cool with them. No, he's, nice. The Rogan he's a nice up, dude. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's just like. But we're going back to Sweeney's point with some of the Netflix specials being a snooze or they are giving them. I think out, ADD, like, ADD platform too. I think once you get so big, like Delia is so people realize Delia is so freaking big, and his fan base is so hardcore that you can just start to hand him out specials because it's still going to get traction, and the, and you might not even watch the whole thing, but it's still going to get views because he's has he's such a big name. The only thing I ever liked with him was the Eminem Segura. Segura is great though. I've never seen. So I don't think Segura has a bad special. I love like so he's he's a he's a freaking good comic. I just had multiple people tell me about how these comedians aren't that funny. And it just made me realize, shit, it's like, I, I applaud them for keep, they kept going. They're persistent and the opportunities open and they take opportunities. It's more about 
create an opportunity. I was listening to Kevin Hart talk about how he really made it when he sold out Caroline's like 18 nights in a row in New York one time. And he was doing all these shitbag movies and they weren't amounting to anything. And then that, then he did some special for like some Shaq show or some like celebrity show. And it kept getting played on TV. And that's why he got so big. And then he blew up so yeah, quickly. Shaq's all-star comedy jam. But he was been doing it for years, but he said, you got to get the right opportunity and you just get it. And, it, and your momentum hits. 18 nights in a row. Is <laughs> I know that, that someone was joking. Like, what were you there for three months? No, I think it was 18 shows in like a week or something. Yeah, 18 shows in a, yeah, in a week. 18 shows in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Like three shows a night or something. Yo, like special. Nah, so what? That means, yeah, wait, that means he doubled, doubled up on Thursday and Wednesday. Oh my, bro, imagine yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, somebody, like, if, if, if I had, like, a, a Tuesday at, like, a club and they were like, yo, you did 200, I'd be like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here, for real? And you sold out every show? You <laughs> sold out 18 nights in a row? Because of the Shaq fucking, like, comedy thing, like he was talking about, like, it was on TV. Oh, um, the, the comedy like, all-star jam? Yeah, yeah but, like, damn, he's you know, funny. You know what? You know what that is, though. That is that's almost. And that was after his first special. That was he wasn't after even, yeah. even going to do the spe- He wasn't even going to do the All Star thing. The no, because you know why? That's to ingratiate you with that realm of dudes, like the the Black Kings of Comedy, like yeah. said, like Cedric, Tommy Davidson, all those dudes. That was to kind of push him to that. Like, whereas at that time, I'd probably have the same thoughts that he had, which is, do I re- do I want to build the shit on my own, or do I just want to piggyback on Steve and you know what I mean and every other dude that's kind of getting it right now. I think he still made the good move. He 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 kind of did the show just to show I can hang, but he still did his own thing regardless. Yeah. Because you don't see any of those dudes in those Steve Carell movies. You don't see those dudes doing state property movies. You know, you know what I mean? Like like it's maybe a handful of quote unquote lounge comics that are considered mainstream too. Seeing Kevin like Hart in that movie Donnell. was wild. And that's that, yeah, that's yeah. It's like him movie. and Donnell and Greer, and everyone still sleeps on Greer. <laughs> Greer's the most slept on. He can put a bunch of people on. Yo, how Greer, how Greer Barnes wasn't like Kev before Kev, I don't understand. <laughs> wild. Probably didn't work as hard and market himself as hard. Yo, that dude is easily like so funny. Yo, to this day, nobody wants to follow Greer Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, care who you are, like no one wants to follow that. Like, yeah, he's good. Hmm. Um, I don't want to, Mike. Uh, well, I was gonna talk about uh, you know, well, obviously it's. Oh, can I talk about Schultz? How his YouTube thing? Like, if you see him on YouTube, he just gets the, like millions of views now every video. Well, yeah, and he puts out and he puts out videos daily, and they do a podcast daily because they're in quarantine, so they're not on the road. They do and a podcast, like I think, almost every day. The weirdest thing I saw was on Facebook, like some hardcore conservative put a Schultz thing up about Biden because it's like dissing Biden, so they like it. He, it this is smart by Schultz. And then I saw a liberal post like, "Oh God, Biden's the only thing we have," and it's like he's catering to both sides of the political spectrum, and I think he loves doing that. He's he's doing that on purpose too. I know. But it's very yeah. interesting because people will hate on him, but he has, so has Charlemagne there and as a co-sign in a way, so they don't hate him as hard. But his comments are pretty interesting because they think he's still a, a conservative when he's really not. Some well, people- the fact of the matter is these people like, who, who like, will watch a Schultz video down to the fucking grain and like, try to pinpoint if he's a liberal or a conservative are so stupid to begin with because he's fucking neither. He's just rational. And because, well, Gracie, you were talking about how 
you know, with all the shit that's going on, obviously, in the protests and shit, and some people are taking it too far to the left or too far to the right, you still kind of have to see it from both sides to understand what somebody like a Schultz is doing with his videos. Like, his videos are so they're like like what mike just said like one guy's gonna think he's a complete conservative the other guy's gonna think he's a complete liberal but he really he's neither and the whole po- and the whole point of putting those videos out is to is to get people to, to confuse people for that reason so like gracie was saying that like some people are you know some people are too crazy with the fucking protests like we have a we have like a mutual liberal friend who's like insanely you know whatever and you know you got to see it one way and then other people are just you know stupid and you can't tell if they're just seeing it rationally if they're actually racist and then some people are just blatantly calling people racist and it's like i'm, I'm not a racist i'm trying to like you know yeah. see it from both I sides i think it's because uh well you tell me you're you're well you guys, i've uh, you funny like text that you do you feel like you have to say something to not be called out like racist like a preemptive strike almost Mike Mike said that because he thought we did. Hashtag white guilt. But then I explained to him. Really, I mean, like, I we did we did promote some shit and put out some shit. We did the black box thing. I mean, we don't know how effective that was. But I think I really, when it comes down to it, except I did for the black boys, box thing, I got yelled at. I got applauded like, by it, some black people and yelled at by others. Exactly. So, like, except for somebody like your boys, like, if you two said something to me, that's different. But for the most part, I said, Mike, if we don't post about Black Lives Matter or do post, I don't think we're going to get a lot of shit from people saying, do it or don't do it or do it or don't do it. And he was like, yeah, you're probably right. But we still put some shit out. We're not going to just completely ignore it. But I think some people go too crazy and some people don't go crazy enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the but that's the genius of the disconnect, which sucks is like. Well, that's why I've been telling like you do is like you could this is all accessible information. Uh if you just read the like the book of Jim Crow, it's like that's what we're talking about now, that confusion of like, should I do I speak up? But when I do speak up, people get mad at me even though I'm on this side. It's that same disconnect that's making it almost damn near impossible to get somewhere. I think no, you just do, you do what's right. And then, and at the same time, like, and I think Gracie would agree is that like black people, like we hold the responsibility too of teaching a motherfucker, educating a motherfucker, like if they really don't know and it's out of ignorance, not just jumping in your mouth because you said the wrong thing. Cause you go ahead punching everybody. Everybody's just gonna swear that all black people do is just punch people. Whereas if we sitting there talking to you and educating you, then there's wiggle room for certain chains to be made. Granted, if you still say fuck me after that, then all right, whatever. But if I tried and it works and that's one dude down, a million more to go. I also think there's a lack of communication as someone like, I have a white friend who was confused because they got yelled at because they put uh, the black thing up, but they like hashtag something wrong. And everyone was like, you can't hashtag that. And like, there was no exact like uh, formula for like the whole Black Tuesday thing. I know nobody, it doesn't, dude, nobody really knows, and that's the problem. Like, yeah. like, lack of communication in a way. You know what I mean? Like, the, the whitest the person problem. ever who has a few black friends might not know shit, but they'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna put this black picture up but to show my lines and then hashtag it." There, maybe I'm just too cynical, but what's all that Black Tuesday and all that? I stuff love Gracie's takes. It's, it's just, the, it's just the. I would say it's just to raise the awareness because you can't say nothing, and we also are on the same side of the fence where we know this isn't changing overnight. So at that point, it's like, do what you can. Like, like, if you it's can't not go change. There, Racism is not going to stop. Here's my thing. 
Yes. Uh, this is a, a one of those crazy ideas I have. Racism is not going to stop. And this is the problem with this generation. Uh, everybody wants to be liked and virtue signal and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm changing. I'm doing something. Everybody, right? Listen, racism is not going to stop. What we have to do is keep it from affecting the Black community. Like the Systemic. I, yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, that's the only thing we can do by building our own, building, like, in a way, kind of segregation without <laughs> segregation, but really building our own and to the point where we don't have to rely so heavily, oh, if we want to go to uh, a, a Harvard or whatever, we have to cater to, you know, yeah. the system. And then, like, really just build our own and, like, even in our neighborhoods, every fucking place is owned by either is there no disrespect to my arab brothers but arab korean <laughs> very few places are actually owned by black people even within the hood and just the fact that if you, there's very few black communities that aren't poor communities like mm -hmm. why if, if i'm if i'm a successful black person i have to pretty much here i'm going to live in the hood or i'm going to live with a bunch of white people and, and it's like you're never comfortable in either environment. Exactly. So we just have to build our own, and we have so much economic power and cultural influence that we just have to take it back. Because racism is not going to end. And, and then, like, I just feel like the, the newer generation of these, like, uh, I say it, like, because just from being from the hood and then going to a suburb place, I feel like the newer... It's like this, the black kid that grew up with mostly white peers are the ones that want are this extreme virtue signaling or, or just a white liberal in terms of a certain age group are this extreme virtue signaling. It's this need to be liked when it's like, you know what? Yeah. I know there's people at my job that are probably fucking racist. Like, no, I know yeah. there are. No, nah, you can't do anything. I don't. Nah, I, I feel that. I don't care. No, I feel that definitely. If it's not, if it's not genuine in terms of what's going on is fucked up and wrong here, if that's not your first thought and that's not the driving force, then yeah, you're getting behind our shit for the wrong reason, first and foremost. Like, but uh, I will, I def like, we won't live to see it. And however, the the, the funny part of this all is that the way they're projecting everybody to look like. <laughs> <laughs> like like within the next two hundred years, like everybody gonna be beige, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone. Look, like, like like, and that's the genius. That's the genius of of how this shit's gonna go. How can, <laughs> you can't hate the motherfucker. That, I mean, you could if you if you were really if you were really ignorant, but you can't hate the motherfucker that looks just like you. You know that Central Park lady with the do with the uh, dog and the bird watcher. Oh, I, th I think she's more dangerous than a Southern conservative who's racist because at least you know he's racist down south. She's part of the problem where she's like pretending like, oh, I got black friends or she's, she's hiddenly racist. She knew what she was doing. She's like, yeah. there's an African-American. He's threatening my life and he wasn't doing shit. And that's, oh, more, shit. that's more of the problem. You could tell she probably hates Trump and is a Biden supporter, but she's more phony than everyone. Yeah, yeah the disingenuous liberals are. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Well, Grace, you're they always make, talking about disingenuous liberals. Well, uh, the, yeah, well when I first saw that Central Park video, I was actually like, how the hell 
Is this even a thing? And you would, and then originally, like if this was 30, 40 years ago, whatever, you would expect her to have been in the South, you know, voting right, whatever, blah, blah. But no, she's in Manhattan. In Manhattan, I'm friggin- a small she had a bitch fit. of that. If you ever worked retail, and the quickest person to be like, can I speak to your manager, even if it's not an issue or anything, just not get in their way, right? You're going to be the white woman. Yeah, because between, between forty and between forty and sixty, usually. <laughs> yes, yes. She knows, <laughs> even if she's wrong, they're gonna take her side. Even if she Gracie, don't say it outright. She knows. Gracie, well, because you, you were talking about how, like, what you just said is you don't think s- systemic racism or even uh, what? Hang on, you te- what you would call like inadvertent racism? It's just kind of like how they grew up will ever go away. So like you use an example of like going to 7-Eleven down your street or whatever, and just some basic inadvertent racism shit happens, but it doesn't really affect your life. So you, you're someone who says, we just got to learn to live with that and, and we should just go on because there's bigger yeah. fish to fry. You're My saying. whole thing is, is not going to change. Like if it happens two times a day or maybe it gets to me a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because whatever. But I'll say with every black person, it happens at least once or, I'll say it probably happens five times a week, and that's a good week, where it's just inadvertent racism. It's like, yeah. and it's it kind of like, no, it's, I'll be honest, it's just like, yeah, you're not going to get rid of that, no point in bitching about it. I think the people that bitch about it are the people, like I said, the, um, and I don't want to like separate us as people, but I would say the black kid that has got, who went to the right school, has has all that privilege except for that one privilege where their blackness affects where they realize their blackness affects whatever yeah because like and that inadvertent racism like the 7-eleven incident where the white woman like the fucking it was just crap swap went out or whatever not you know tasted a uh fountain drink it was flat as fuck it was i'm not buying it threw it out and then she re- like she reached over and I see her say something to the 7-Eleven guy. 7-Eleven guy knows like, oh yeah, he just comes here all the time. He knows me, he doesn't give a fuck. He knows that mm-hmm. she's just being a, you know, like I'm trying. That's the whole thing too. It's always this thing where I think where everything a black guy does is for malicious intent and other people might. That's the best way to describe it. And we see it all the time. Small stuff here and there where it's like, Oh, um, when we were on the train, the guy double checking your train twice, tickets. Yeah, yeah. asked me twice every fucking time. All right, yeah. just wait till East Orange and take my fucking ticket. Then, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. instead of it's just everything with malicious intent. And when you grow up with it and you're not necessarily privileged in other ways, where it's money, or whatever, it's like, uh, it's just part of life. But when you're privileged and you're growing up and then that that hits you. You you just get that hit like, oh, I have money, I have this great family, I have all this stuff, but my blackness, whatever, me, this white person across the street, and it hits them even harder. And those are the people that go so hard on social media. But guess what? Get over it. They're gonna cross the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was. You know funny? You know what's funny too uh-huh. is, you know, they, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yo, you ever catch yourself doing it to yourself? Like you'll be walking up the street, you'll see white people, and immediately you. Uh, I've crossed. <laughs> I've crossed. No, I swear, I've crossed. I do that. I've crossed the street just because I know they're gonna cross the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, like, I wanna. Yeah. yeah. 
100%. I want to know that I made this choice on my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing that's, all the time. Yeah, that's insane. Did you but see like, the Mark Wahlberg thing? Yo, at night, I'd be doing that. Like, especially, like, like, especially if it's, like, somebody with, like, like a kid, too. Like, immediately. Yeah. I move. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, or, I get it. Or, oh, like, yeah. if we're going the same direction, I'll stop, let them go a bit further. Whether mm-hmm. oh, Act, yeah. I got, yeah, I'll tie, I'll tie my shoes four times. Yeah, yeah, stay on my <laughs> Yeah. Jesus. Have you seen oh, that Mark man. Wahlberg thing? Yeah, wasn't he no. trending last night? He said some racist shit, like, 20 years ago. He Well, he posted something about Black Lives Matter and how ne- things need to change, and then he got ca- pretty much canceled, and they're trying to cancel him. And they looked at his history and said he had, like, uh, problems with, with people, and he had to – what race problems like he was giving he's he was from boston like, like, i know that's he's someone said he's 50 <laughs> years old from boston of course he's, he's racist. from boston yeah. i think it was lewis gomez was in prison yeah. so he was like was he at the was he at the wrong place at the wrong time or was it him well i think I it's like exactly but he's people had like can't evolve anymore the law social media is kind of whack because it doesn't doesn't allow people to Did anybody get a hold of paperwork like the physical paperwork of set it's on wikipedia in his bio something like uh race crimes but that's what I mean, though. Anybody can add to your Wikipedia. I might, Sweeney, you I could wake up tomorrow and somebody told Wikipedia that that you created, rape, that you did race crimes in Kansas City, and you've never been there. Maybe we should do that. It will, uh, will he blinded blow some up. guy, though, right? He blinded some uh, Chinese guy or something. His boy did he? Up, yeah, and he went. That's what he went to prison for. I thought he beat his teacher up. No, it was like some random Chinese delivery man or something. What? Yeah. Hang on, it's on his way. Oh, can we also? Can we also like like hate crimes? Uh, hate, hate crimes. In in no. in June 1986, 15 year old Wahlberg and three friends chased after three black children, yelling "Kill the N word! Kill the N word!" and throwing rocks at them. The next day, Wahlberg what? and others followed a group of mostly black fourth graders, including one of the victims from the previous day, taking a field trip on a beach, yelling racial epithets at them, threw rocks at them, and summoned other white males to join. In August of 86, civil action was filed against Wahlberg for violating the civil rights of the victims, and the case was settled the next month. And then the sim- a similar thing happened two years later. I don't know if I believe oh, it because with, with a Vietnamese guy, not a black guy. What's that? He's done a movie with The Rock, right? I know. How do I, yeah. I, I don't know if I believe this because Andre 3000 was in Four Brothers with him. And Tyrese. <laughs> that's a great movie. That's, a, that's well, an underrated movie. They're making a sequel. I don't want them to ruin the sequel because of this. There's not gonna be a sequel. Do a movie with it's right. gonna be three brothers. The one dude died. That, that movie's so good. It's underrated. Great movie. Um, hang on, hang on. In August of '92, Wahlberg fractured the jaw of his neighbor. Uh, this is a white guy. This is just all this stuff. My point this is, is social media is whack. Hate crimes, but but social media is whack because you well, can't evolve. He called. A, he apparently he called his neighbor a racial slur in 1992, and, and then was this all in Boston. Ninety-two. No, ninety-two. He was already famous. He was in that. He was Marky Mark. He's probably in L.A. He was Marky Mark? Yeah, by like the early 90s, he was Marky Mark. Damn. In June, in 2006, Wahlberg said the right thing for him to do would be to meet blah, 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 friends, requesting a pardon for his conviction, assault on train, blah, 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 whatever. Tim released a public statement forgiving Wahlberg. And then 2014, one of, in 2014, Wahlberg applied for a pardon for his conviction to his pardon application and gendered controversy. According to BBC, the debate about his suitability for a pardon raised difficult issues with the arguments on both sides being far-reaching and complex. One of the black children attacked by Wahlberg opposed the pardon, saying a racist will always be a racist, kind of like what Gracie's saying. 
Judith Beals, who had been the prosecutor in some of the cases, argued that Wahlberg has never acknowledged the racial nature of his crimes and that a pardon would undermine Wahlberg's charity work, saying a formal public pardon would highlight all too clearly that if you are white and a movie star, a different standard applies. It's tough, though, because Tyrese did stuff with him, Andre 3000, The Rock. Don't they know this shit? I mean, yeah. I don't think they knew about it. They probably didn't know. I mean, the real, the bad stuff, chasing black kids and throwing rocks at them is. Well, I don't understand what the person. When he was 15. What does the person who finds this out get out of this anyway, though? Like, that's my whole point about cancel culture. I, like, dude, what do they, it's dude, probably, yeah, I bet they, you the dude that wrote this on his Wikipedia is the guy with the fractured jaw. Dude, the guys get a, <laughs> the guys get a, the guys who try to cancel, like the dude who canceled, who tried to cancel Shane Gillis, the guys who try to cancel get like a crazy high off of it. It's like doing crack. You can't compare Gillis's situation though to, 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 to Mark Wahlberg. That's a lot. Oh, no, crazy. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying that guy was like a nut job. He tried to cancel a bunch of people. So, oh, and, yeah. and Mark's, Mark should have been silent, I guess, right? <laughs> On this uh, well, I they guess. They say silence I, is violence. But I bet you 90% of the people reading that Twitter thread didn't know about that hate crime thing because how often are you going on Mark Wahlberg's Wikipedia feed? And it was when but he was because it's on a Wikipedia page, yeah. is the problem. It's like this is, if you were gonna put the statement out and bring that to light, you should have brought it to somebody with a way more credited source and a better right. platform. If if in fact you wanted the justice. The problem is another fake liberal. <laughs> well, that's my thing that goes back to fake liberals. Gracie, you were saying it in our group chat about how the all these all these fake liberals, these Hollywood fuckers or these media people will play liberal on the news, but they're probably racist or something along those lines. So my whole point was with with everything that's going on, George Floyd, everything, RIP, the protests, the looting, Antifa, who knows who's involved. Isn't the media like 95% to the blame of making this into a race war because what Schultz brings up in his videos is I think we're pretty united. You look at American cities and you see the protests and it's mixed. There's a bunch of whites. There's a bunch of blacks. It's mixed. We're united. But for to get Trump out of office, the liberal needs to sway this into a race war and the right needs to sway this into looting and Antifa, looting and, yeah. and, and, and you know, protesting and violence. And Killer Mike's speech was good too. He called out CNN. I don't think, I genuinely don't think it's as much of a race thing as it was uh, at Rodney King. I think it might be more of a power thing now. And the police, the police are still, will just still have that systemic beat the shit out of a victim because they can, and they can get away with it. I was in, I was in fear of my life. I could beat the shit out of a victim. But especially if you're black. <laughs> exactly. That, uh, especially if you're black, is, which is why. That's the, that's the main, that's the main issue at hand. Like. That dude but, was a shit cop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's everybody needs to do the the fucking right shit instead of trying to sway shit for maybe other personal gain. It has to be another way, but that's the problem. Is that just as a normal citizen, you got to remember this whole this whole country is one big fucking company, bro, yeah. and we all just fucking workers. Woke. So what's it to a motherfucker that's got a million fucking dollars and can and can quote unquote replace you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 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 I started thinking different once. My uncles and my aunts and everything were telling me, take the organ donor off your damn license. My girl told me that. Oh, yeah, like, stuff like that, where I'm like, I never thought about that. I was like, I'm not here. I'm not, I want to help somebody if I die. Not, hey, if a cop pulls you over, sees that. He's looking at free organs, bro. <laughs> like, no matter that's what you did. But black people don't, Grace, they, what you think? They're, they're, I don't know. That's a cultural thing, though, right? Because you don't see too much black organ donor. That's not a big no-no. 
No, no, no. That's the that's the reason. It's almost asking a dude to shoot you. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty interesting. I never thought about that. The, I like the movie. Think about it. If you if you felt a certain type of way and you were as ruthless as some of these dudes are, you pull me over for what I look like. You pull Gracie over for what he looked like, and you see that O on that goddamn driver's license. There's some dudes that do that math real quick and go, you know what? Whatever, bro. There's a couple. There's 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 serial killers out here that are police. Like like oh, that's the yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, this this dipshit Derek Chavin, whatever his dumb name. They're all is. red pill fucks. That's literally a <laughs> yeah. Oh, that they're whatever's lower than red pill is what they are. They're fucking magenta pill, pink pill. <laughs> that was a, literally a murder in broad daylight. And now the other three dipshit pigs who just stood around fisting themselves. Even, I don't give a fuck if one of them was Asian. The one rookie said something. They told him to stop talking or whatever. Yeah. The other guy, yeah, was somebody Asian, was trying to make an excuse for the other guy because it was only his like third day on the job. And it's like think there, was about even, there was no weaponry involved on either in either party. He's literally just laying but, a lot, like just run over there. This, Tom, though, a lot of races, the cops. You're, but think about if you're, uh, is your third day on the job, right? Yeah. And then, you know, your first time in the job, you know, like you got that kind of that timid feel. And I'm not saying the guy like was wrong in terms of pushing him off, but let's be, let's play in this perspective. Did he grow up with black people that Asian? God, no, that not. Asian wasn't third day on the job. Whatever. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, it was the other dude. It was the white guy. dude. White, they were all white the, dude or the oh, ten. Oh, okay. The uh, Asian dude was his uh, partner for a while. No. Yeah. Oh, never mind that. <laughs> also, but, wait. But either, way, pure either way. Either way. Right? Either way. You're the, puppy dog. you're the puppy dog that's following suit, though. If you're new on the job, you're doing everything that you're told yeah. by the person that's hired. That's Denzel the, training day. That's the fucking problem. Which is the problem. Exactly. You also want to know something Yo, Sweeney brought up training day. You know what I hate the most about that is that how you, you want it, dog? All the people, it's his best performance. It's so real. The character he became, it's like, oh, why? Because he's, that's actor. a Jadakiss line. Why did Denzel have to win an Oscar? <laughs> to I'm calling like, this out. Denzel is not that great of an actor. He, oh, he's, shit. He's, the same, he's the same in every fucking movie. Hot yo, today. yo, listen. Listen, I was surprised he did like three train movies in one year, but other than that, he's a great actor. I take this. Nah, I don't, man. He sounds like Denzel in every single fucking movie. I no, don't he's a different guy. Oh, he's a different guy. You know I like him in Inside Man. Different. American Gangster. <laughs> a lot of men. He's Denzel. What's the difference between American Gangster Denzel and Training Day Denzel? Uh, uh, one is a cop and one's Frank Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu. Remember the Titans? I remember the Titans. Uh, no, no, Classic. No. He's a little different. No, no. I get Bing what you're saying. Denzel's Bing basically Bing like been like almost typecast to play Denzel. Like, yeah, like, yeah. He's, no, he's the great, like, like Gerard said, he's the greatest living black person. This goes <laughs> Denzel Washington has no dirt on him. He always gives to the community. He's been married he's for like 100 years. You never, yo, you've never seen Denzel caught up in nothing. Nah, that is crazy. Equalizer. Yo, he's he like the biggest sex symbol in the world. And, and that's all he does, bro. But then, that just goes back to my point. Up with him. Really? He's a, yeah. He's really? A, yeah. She's like, she went to his wedding and everything. Uh, he, he dated her, her sister, her older sister or something. Or whatever. Wow. Nice. But that just goes back to my thing is, how are you going to be... I get it. You're three days into the job, but you're gonna be too much of a pussy to push this guy off when he's in the middle of murdering someone. It was some then guys on the job forever. Can't be, my whole point is it can't be this easy to become a cop. There needs oh, to be man. some more hey, shit. Hey, I know bad training in some states. I know it's six months. It's six months of training. 
No, Why do no, you no. think half the cops are 100, 300 pounds? If your IQ is eat. too high, they turn you away. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. Not even, not even intelligence. I'm talking about physical shit because no, no, this no. is an example of one that no, wasn't the even too high. The, you're a gun not, wasn't even like, coachable or whatever. Yeah, so they, yeah. They, uh, no, they yeah. literally, they literally went. Uh, Michael Jai White. Yeah. Uh, he was like, he applied to be. He wanted. He applied to be a cop before he started acting. He was like, I'll just be a cop. He goes. He took the test. He said they sat him down. It was like, you score too high and your IQ's too high, so we can't use you. Because you're not susceptible to instruction the same way somebody else is. That's where the systemic corrupt yeah, yeah, police yeah. force in a country comes from. You can't have that for a police. I get that if you're trying to be a fucking janitor. Hey, look, you're accused. I don't want you being a janitor. But if a they, fucking cop? Yeah, if they clear you for that, they're basically going, hey, you're competent enough to do the job, but you're also, we can, like some wiggle room with you. We can mold you into. We could mold you into maybe su supporting some shit you truly, really don't believe. I just don't well, yeah, I love Oh, there was no common sense in that situation. Yeah, I just don't get it. I would love. I would love to. I would love to see how, uh, maybe uh, the first six months for a cop versus when he's like five years in down the line. Just that to cop see was a bad cop. He had a bunch of priors on him and everything. You can tell he's a fuck dude. Did you hear about? Did you hear the dude, white kid on CNN tell his story? Fucking like five people, dude. Did you hear the white kid on CNN tell his story where they, they pulled him over and detained him because his buddy shot a Nerf bullet out the window? Yeah, yeah. Orange. And he pulled him over. Pulled like, a gun on him. him. Down, threw him in the car, pulled the gun, pulled the guns out and everything. And he's like, if I was black, I probably would have not, you know, got off. Yeah, but, but you know, it sucks, though. That, that sucks that somebody has to be put in a life-threatening position like that to understand what it's like to be black for five seconds. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, he was so unnecessary. Like, that's what I'm saying. Any logical person would be like, dude, you got to get off the guy. We're being filmed here. He could die. Anybody. And we look fucking like, sick. If, even somebody who was just, was, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't really like, I didn't really watch the video because I don't like to, but whoever's in the background, I guess citizens or bystanders, like, are they mm -hmm. yelling? Yeah, yeah. On? He brought a mace out. Uh, some girl was like, like EMT off duty. She was going to go by him and she like, he like, really, like shot mace fire. They? Like literally, I would fucking put. I, I don't give a fuck. I would have if there's a, if one, if the Asian cop is like guarding the area or whatever. If it's like tapered off, I would literally punch the guy and just go over there so I can just get one shove so he could at least get up for a couple of breaths. Like I don't a get it. It shouldn't have been that hard. That. A black guy couldn't do that. Yeah, and the yeah. black guy was there. Who, who he was was there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah, if me or Gracie walk up, be like a cousin's approaching. Pop. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, yeah. now. If there's a white, if, if whoever was, if there was Easier a white said guy than standing done. by filming it, like. Yeah, no. easier said than done, but not really. People it was nine up. minutes. Zapier, you got to understand, too. It's like nobody really knows what they would do in that situation until yeah. you see that happening right in front of your face. You're right, but really... it was nine minutes, and there was no gun around. If oh, yeah, you're yeah. going to be more hesitant if the guy has a gun out. Well, the cop so, that's, also, that's also Take the two problem. seconds to pull out your gun, though. That's True, also but he'd, he'd probably have to let up his knee off the guy's fucking neck. Sure. To get the gun. Oh, and no, you know he, he had the mace on. He, he got the mace. He could have got the gun probably too. With mace the is on. for fucking pussies. If you use mace, you're a fucking pussy. He was shooting no, mace. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, I, but Gracie was talking about, I know one of Yang's thing before he dropped out was to be a cop, you should at least be a purple belt in, you know, in Taekwondo or Jiu-Jitsu or whatever, just for instances when there's no guns involved for you to be able to restrain someone or hurts or, you know, put someone in a lock or whatever, if something's going to happen. And then the no women thing, I don't know if I could get by the high the no women thing, because all these murdering black people instances, I've never seen a woman, but who mm -hmm. knows? 
So I, I, I don't know. Do you should have some, more yeah, restraint. Not that, a lady cop shot a black guy. You shouldn't be able to be a fat fuck or uh, somebody who doesn't know how to put a correct neck restraint. They get or fat over time. Someone be a cop. They, they get fat over time. This guy wasn't fat. He was actually very disproportionate. But I don't think he was fat. He was just a dipshit who didn't know how to put the right hold on a guy. He had like 15 Holt records of like bad like conduct. He's a fucking yeah, but he terrible. was probably over. He was overcompensating. Look how big fucking uh, George. Yeah, he Ford. well George Floyd would have no, been. Yeah, he's he a giant. He was yeah, scared. Put it, the he's way. a giant with a giant cock to match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, the, the way. <laughs> really true, I've actually. I've seen the way it. he well, was we dealing, the way he dealt I watched it before he even got. Uh, Gracie watched that before he was even yeah. got killed. Fuck Gracie. Yeah. What? The George Floyd porn. porn. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was a yeah, yeah. but but legendary. It was like the way he was. Yeah, the the way dude was on his shit like that though, like that's the that that that's the the physical showing of like dudes really look at you like you're not a person. Anybody else that hurt like, watching that? Oh, you I've can't breathe. I've seen it with high it. school kids. Like there would just like be even in orange, where you would think that oh, a predominantly black town. Nope. You see nope. cops do it all the time with high school with like black high school guys where they're like fucking throwing full blown punches in their face and like. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you can take it. You're you're a black guy, kind of. Thing. And then walking, and then walking you out the front, just. Oh that. yeah, just like, like, like they like, just. It's a completely different thing where they they feel they just manhandle. I can't believe that happened for nine minutes. I just can't get over it. Like on that's camera, so long on camera. That's a, that's a, that's a long. Even time. throw the phone at his face. Denzel and Train, they would have got up on camera. <laughs> you know, Denzel would have got up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, any cop would have got up. Yeah, if you know why? Denzel's got integrity. That's, that's why Denzel. Dude, that guy, is... yo, he looks scary, that cop. He looked like he was possessed, bro. He's a fucking pussy, though. Without a gun, he's a bitch. Without power? Yeah. Like, everybody would get up, so he's like, fuck it, I'm not getting up. Do you see how uh, John Jones was just snatching mace from uh, a. <laughs> that was from... a PR stuff from John. Yo, those careers in the shitter, so yeah, no, no, it is, but at the same time, dude still did it though. He was out there. I'm like, bro, that was just the craziest video of me seeing that dude in public <laughs> walking around going, Give me the damn man. <laughs> just I would have gave it to him and then called him a bitch as I walked away. Anyway. <laughs> Yo, so what do you think about all this? Like, and then I think. I also think, honestly, that cops get too much of a pass in general, too, because like 50% of people's arguments with this would be, you know, there's always there's always going to be bad cops. Most cops you run into are nice, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, I, I think there's a problem no. with the police force in general. Yeah, I'm more. white, obviously. I don't even know what it would be remotely to be like to be you guys. But every – the 10 – probably 10 run-ins I've had with cops – like nine nine tenths of them are at least dicks. Like there's a lot of like whackers. They call them whackers. A lot of whackers. They're bored. They gotta hit their quota. They might not be racist, but they're still douchey and they have the power to do whatever they want. I'm I'm saying cop. There's a stigma on cops, but I don't think it's a false stigma. A lot. I think no, a lot of not. it goes correctly. And and then with no, all this I've had, shit. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'm alive. Like I've had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've had dudes like, you know, like they were they were decent. For the most part, but also it's because my parents raised me to de-escalate with police. So like, they almost feel bad before I even say anything, because they they like come up to the car, yo, my hands are already on the wheel. Like 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 I'm just like, listen, what do you need, dude? My license and everything is right there. Blah blah blah. Like, 
Yes, sir. No, sir. You got to do what you got to do. But like, Sometimes that makes them more nervous when they for the most part, the Yeah, yeah. For the, the only time me, we've ever, I've ever mouthed off to a cop was when me and Gordon were coming back from Boston. And that was because I was like, you know what? There's two of us. They, we, we're each other's witnesses if anything goes wrong. Did I tell you that story? What year was this? Jesus. I, I this was a couple, this was a couple years cop? back. I was, I was, no, we, we got pulled over in Massachusetts. We were leaving, we were leaving Boston at night. That's this why. is when uh, Gordon, Gordon brought me up to Boston to open for him for like the weekend. Like it was like Friday, Saturday, and we left on Sunday. Right. And then uh, when we were coming back, we got pulled over. And then the dude was like, well, uh, he goes, hey, you look nervous. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he was like, well, why are you nervous? I was like, and then me and Gordon were like, because we watched the news. <laughs> and then he got, <laughs> and he just got pissed. Like he was just like, all right. And then just went back to the car for like a half hour. And then me and Gordon were like freaking out. And then he just wrote us like bullshit tickets. And then we left. For him not to know why you're nervous is is part of the problem. Why that guy? Yeah, yeah. he was like, is no, because no, cops cop think worst case scenario. That's another thing you guys got to put your mind and act like a cop. They see a lot of shit. I'm not saying the point is to not act like a cop. Get cops to not act like that. Impossible. The whole country. I, but that's the goal here with these fucking protests, dude. Not they just to fucking they think, say another black guy. I mean, Michael, like, dude, protests broke out and Michael Brown got killed, okay? And then this is five, six years later, it happened again. Without Logan was talking guy. about it. They cannot act like that. They see so much fucked up shit that they think worst case scenario. Kind of like a community. You don't want your cops. It's funny, though. They don't, not all cops right? see that much fucked up shit, okay? You're in my town. You don't see shit. That's true, too. You're fucking, you're, you're chilling at a red light half the day eating a sub, watching Netflix. Get the fuck out of here. You can still see some fucked up shit, like an old lady, like, de- dying and her dog eating or something like that. Like, just. Oh, I've like, seen that. Okay. <laughs> like, what do you want? I heard about but that. I think I, the problem with these protests, like, is, I don't know, or the looting is that there's these, pe- there's Antifa and these fucking sketchballs who are, like, helping loot. To make it more, to make it like more of a fucking discredit news What's with the bricks? I don't get the bricks. The leaving the bricks. I don't know if that's legit or not. What's sorrow? Alex Media disagrees with the protest. Yo, it's to discredit the protest. This is what I mean by yo dudes are playing chess with us over regular civil rights. They're doing everything they can to make sure to throw us off in hopes that because you got to remember the type of fight we're fighting is a very emotional one. So, right. in turn, niggas get mad. That's why in protest with large groups of people, it's almost scientific. There's going to be at least one or two people sprinkled out that are ain't wrapped too tight, and they just snap, and shit happens. What these dudes are doing is trying to amp up that possibility. So instead of going, hey, let's make sure that nothing's laying around that could damage anything so no one gets hurt they go yeah we're gonna drop a pile of bricks <laughs> in the middle of the city you're protesting in in hopes that you start damaging property so then we could fuck you up you get what i'm saying like it's like the bully that hits you first there's a conspiracy you know, like, theory that, how is nobody caught on video anybody there's a conspiracy bricks? i was talking to someone there's a conspiracy theory that democrats put the bricks there or people who hate trump because they want to see like it all get fucked up for his political career i don't know no, but they it's wild no it's wild that there's actually like this coincides that looters or whatever are to bring trump down or whatever but uh, people look at it the other way too that it's just very interesting how there's po- politics involved in these like conspiracy theories well, Grace, you were saying that that no. you, you think liberals are brainwashed too much to to, uh, to blame Trump for everything. Well, they're so, trying to brainwash black people 
to hate Trump nonstop. To get a same thing yeah, with uh, Hillary Clinton and voting for her. I mean, she's a bigger racist than Trump. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you exactly. don't. Lesser like, of two evils. Uh, yeah, but yeah, both however, of them suck. No, nah, I mean, both dude, parties. like we, I don't think they expected everybody to come together because you got to remember, like the last time something this big has ever really happened was like the Million Man March, and there was million, roughly million people. Yeah, we had two mil easily. Oh, within across like four, within a week of protesting, we had like a lot of misinformation four. though. Like even Ice Cube, I look up to him. He had a post where he he thought that the cop was this other guy who was wearing like a white make whites great again, but it wasn't him. And like he kind of misinformed like his whole following and never apologized for it. But like he was upset at the mm-hmm. time. But it, it it's still like relatable. But it was a different guy. It was a picture of a guy wearing like make whites great again. It was some like psychotic racist. And then a picture of the cop. And he and he thought they were both the same person, but they weren't. And he kind of like fucked up and like all his oh, followers. Um, what? Like, that guy, you have to fix that. So that guy has to walk the streets and he's like, hey, Ice, what is it, Ice-T? Like, Ice Cube. Like, yeah, Ice Cube. Like, he never you fixed it. And I, and I look, I like Ice Cube and I was like, what the fuck? That's kind of like bad. Like you're kind of misleading people and like making yeah. it more of like a race war. It's still on yeah, here. It's, I mean, we got to, at this point. Well, that he thought it was the same guy? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You know, you know, it's even more genius about all this though is that the two groups of people that could basically overthrow the system in its entirety are the two people that are fighting each other. Yeah, and it's and it's justified, but it's if motherfuckers really just took a step back outside the bubble, like that's why, like when they say like take a break from when you're like getting frustrated with a project, walk away exactly. from it. It's like, bro, if it, I know for a fact, we, I know as Americans, we look at shit that happens in other countries and we're like, man, I'm glad we're over here. I know there's motherfuckers looking at us like that shit is nuts over there. Also, I can't tell what's real. I can't tell what's real <laughs> on social media. But do you also think that the protests are even more crazy this time around because of the quarantine and people want to get the I think out so, of yeah. Oh, I mean, it was, a, it, it was a slew of things. No, it was a slew of things, but even the looters you're getting reports of white dudes doing the looting. Yeah, the van and store got robbed. Video the van store. Like, and reports of, like, yeah, of, like, three to four dudes. Uh, and then, like, the fake article about, uh, oh, they were protesting and they robbed the Rolex store because, you know, black people love Rolexes, right? It's like, and then the dude, uh, and, yeah, and then the dude freaking, uh, the owner of the store was like, nothing was stolen because nothing was in the display. And it Dude. was like, yeah, but they, leave, but they leave that out. Everybody's making their own narrative. What comes <laughs> with free speech is, is, is a lot of different narratives. And none of them, well, not none of them. The, there's a small bit of them that are very true and they're based in truth. Most part, I heard this, so I'm going to tell this next person this. And this next person that heard me is going to tell his homie this. And there's no connection no everyone i was gonna say add to add on everyone plays their part like who's that blonde girl who's a conservative tommy laren oh she 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 doesn't acknowledge like george floyd's death like the whole thing like someone like her brings up like his criminal history or that all lives matter and they they miss the whole point but they bait their followers and they get more views and make money off crises like this and they get listen that that girl should get the chair i don't like i like i that's the only i can't you There's see CNN nothing. and Fox do the same, though. Yeah, Mike, yeah, put it this way. Tommy Laren, 
no, no, no. She she comes right out and is just like, bruh. Um, she's like a white. She's like a white girl, six nine, basically. She's yeah, like a white girl. I, I think she's doing it for. Her. I honestly think it's fake. I, for her, That's I think it's like, What else am I gonna do? Um, like a pretty girl, and then I throw on this conservative role and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fake. Yeah, he has liberal like roots it. in college. That's what Charlamagne was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah bro, you know how many cletuses there are around the world that will defend that. You girl? have to play to your audience. Yeah, like, it's more about for her. I think it's more about money. What do you think of Candace Owen? Owens. I like Who? her to be honest. She said some coonery stuff, but. Seen Seen Jess got in trouble too. What'd she say? Just hilarious got mad because I think uh, a gay dude called her like he called her something and she just called dude a faggot. No, Kansas Owens. Kansas Owens said that Jay Z was from Queens, so I lost all. That's all credibility is lost. Jay Z's my favorite rapper. He's from Queens. And that's just. Oh, is she that old? Oh fuck, man. She's young. Maybe she might still be in her twenties, actually. Yeah, she's I don't understand. Wait, I don't understand. Wait, what is her being from Queens? No, she said that Jay Z's from Queens, so it's like her black card's out the window. If you're a real rap fan, he's from Brooklyn. Like she said, she's a fan of Jay Z, and that he's from Queens. Uh, on Joe no, Rogan, she's, she's 31. Oh, she has. Oh, she's wait. She said he's from Queens on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marcy is no she way. She ignorant. She. She fucked up her project math. But Mike, I wanted to, Mike, you usually bring up the topic of like the guys, the people who are uh, maybe making money off the news, but they're donating to the cause. So they're, and they're, they're posting that they donate. I want to get Gracie's take on that so they can still get by, by, by doing what they do. Can I explain a little bit? Cause it's like, kind of like blood money in a way. Like, okay. Like, you know, Vlad's a vulture. Certain people are vultures, academics, um, Adam 22 in a way but all of a sudden you want their money for this foundations and funds. It's kind of like, you, would you take, accept that blood money? It's like the, what they'll do is they'll donate five to $10,000. Then they'll, they're in the, okay. They're in the clear. Like, Oh, okay. The black people are cool with me now. I donate it. And now I'm able to post all this stuff about looting and stuff and get my paid views up and make my money back. It's literally, they're throwing $5,000 and they're making 50 K on you, everyone on the culture because they're posting about like all the stuff that goes on all the news media, but like Fox and CNN, they're all the same really. But, I find it interesting. What do you think about like the Adam 22s, the academics, the Vlads who will donate, look like they're doing a good cause, promote that they're donating so they're in the clear and then just do the same thing they always done and, pr- and produce negativity on news? Well, I'm against that whole culture vulture thing. And I just, the, the whole thing that Dane pushed with the whole culture vulture. I mean, yeah, they make their money off of hip hop culture. Now, I think we as people have to disconnect hip hop culture at this point with black, black culture. I think that's where people get, they, they intertwine it too much. Maybe it was created by black people. And maybe at some point, I think we got kind of disconnect that we have Beastie Boys and all these pivotal people that, white people that help hip hop also, you got kind of disconnected. And then this fucks up everything with this, especially this stop snitching thing. All right. It was cool, you know, Dipset, Stop Snitching, Cameron said it was. And Paul's. But that also hurts the community. If you're in the game, yeah, don't snitch. But just like this whole, oh, like, if you want to listen to 6 9 listen to 6 9 Locked up. Don't make it about, like, I just hate how they try to, I think people, and I think this what fucks up not only Black culture, but just the view of, of, 
uh, outside view is that people mix up hip hop culture and black culture like mm. too much together and it just like distorts the view of like at one point maybe hip hop culture was connected to black culture but then now no it's like just as many white kids will listen to it it's so mm-hmm. you have to disconnect at some point but also like i think they, they have to do it to just like not if if like adam 22 doesn't donate and then he's interviewing he just it's kind of like i don't want to fucking hear you guys they're he has to for good PR, right? Yeah, exactly. it's not authentic though. It's but it's done on a big level too. iTunes, fucking, I like this. If you look at the stats, Nike, iTunes, they know who's fucking buying their products and what them. Yeah, people fans, not are going on. I think Spotify only allowed music. black artists. Like, yeah, it's like like their country music audience is probably so fucking low. It's almost they're like, like they're yeah. pandering. Ex- ex- yeah, they know what they're doing. They get in that tenfold. The Kaepernick, they get in that tenfold. So, yeah, it's hilarious it's though, because like Vlad will donate and will just charity donations, tax write off, then make the money back in that week off the negativity posting about it. I mean, you well, said yeah. because they they make a career off of black culture, but they still could be for the cause. Like they're gonna, they're not just donating because they have to. Like they, they also probably want to. Off, not off of black culture. They make a career off of black Hip-hop? artists, and that's the, the yeah, and yeah. and that's the black artist fucking fault. If you're yeah, that's like, a whole other oh, topic. Yeah. The black artists act wild. Yeah. Yeah, you make your own fucking platform or whatever if you don't want Vlad to make money because you feel like he's... That's the thing I realized. I, I know you, you fell off with comedy a little bit. Like, you don't love it as much, right? Yeah. And I feel, like, yeah. I feel like in a way, if you look at all the successful people, they're finding a platform and they're sticking with that content and just keep creating and they're making it more than the average old-time comedian style now, especially That's more than ever. No way. This... Artists are just lazy, to be honest. It just took some of them to like, like Joe. They Joe Budden model. Joe Budden is smart as fuck. He's like, he turned himself. But there was some like Wayne is hopping on the train now and Ti on the train now. But you guys have been fucking do this, like, and and look at Schultz. He's a media personality more than ever now. Exactly. I mean, Master P just just doesn't get as much credit as he as he should. Oh, like he never does, bro. He's been pushing this. Fucking, he Miller? Oh yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, is that Romeo's dad? Yo, yeah. people sleep on Percy Miller, bro. Played in the NBA. He's bad he really? Yeah, he played for the Raptors. <laughs> oh, what do you here. think the wa- what do you think the wave of comedy no, is? Because all these fuckers people, all these fuckers you're naming are already famous. Like what do you, how could someone up and come and make it? Like you look at yeah. uh, certain styles like Rogan approach, other approaches, Joe Budden. Joe Budden was already a rapper. It's like these fucks like did something they got big on and then they're so famous that they could do whatever they want. You can't. It's like, constant evolution. Yeah. It's constant evolution. Well, it's like, it's like, yeah. It's like when you look yeah. at. Zappy has to be a rapper. Huh? Zappy has to start rapping and make it. And then. No, just, you, said, you said look at Chance yeah, the rapper. Like, nah, nah. If you have great content, um, also you have to like put like so much like marketing behind it and like just get to the right audience like so it's a it's a combination of great content great marketing and getting it to the right audience 50 cents is really good on marketing 50 yeah, cents that a lot of people had that problem they never found the audience and they they stuck it, it, well, yeah, yeah exactly people also look at these business entities in quote unquote terms of making it in the wrong light like for example 
all of us as comics die to be on Comedy Central, but really what the what the what the payoff is is this entity is taking your package and concise product, which is your set, and then putting it on their platform to then sell your product. And if people like it enough, then they'll keep coming back to their platform and Same then that's Netflix. trickle yeah, down whatever. You gotta think about that too. Same with Netflix. You gotta be the no, product. You can't be giving you're away the product. Yeah, no, I'm saying you're selling, you're selling your stuff. That's well, that's a prostitute. Yeah. So, what, so what the Rogan did just marketing companies. When you think about it, like music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just because people don't market. It takes so much work that it's like, hey, I pay you to to market for me. But if somebody did it on their own, it'd be way more work. But the you know you could get the same results with just more work. Yeah, Gracie. Yeah. That's why that's why 360 deals constantly fucking fuck people over. Yeah, because exactly. it's too convenient to be true. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. like yeah, especially if you're gonna put out a comedy album. Like that's why like when I was trying to put mine like when I'm like gearing up to put mine out, I'm already thinking about it on a business sense of like, what can I do beforehand to polish this whole thing up. So that way, these people will agree to a profit split. Not fucking sitting there telling the me. The only thing I hate about the comedy world and what made me kind of turn away from it. Okay. And working at Stand Up New York, we we saw this where like the people that are running things, they don't care about comedy. They don't have a love for comedy or anything. Like the people mm -hmm. that it's, it's a net. It's all about networking. Who you know, yep. like especially in the New York comic scene. Oh my! It's all. It's just. Just these hipster guys and like if you come in there with a joke they don't fucking like like you're out so it's just like it just the historian comedy is like i want that conservative racist to have his own voice too but that's yeah you want those nick apollos oh yeah i want the nick apollos and i also want the patrice o'neill's and like like i can't say if i would have said like my reptile rhetoric I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I, I did actually did a joke. Uh, Dude, well, you joke, used to have a giant bit about being a bottom. And oh, yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. If you were gay, you'd be a bottom. Yeah, yeah. That actually surprisingly went. That's a good, that's a good bit. Though. That's a funny premise, though. Like that, but. You, yeah. Also, but also, like, like, I remember when we had this conversation with, uh, with, with uh, Brad Ernst. Brett Ernst said the best shit. He goes, when the fuck did comics start policing other comics? Mm. And I was like, yeah. And he was yeah, like, these, ask Amy Schumer. These new, these new people that are coming in, they're not real comics. They're like, no, they're com not. comedy is the easy route for them to be actors. Exactly. Not, like, you, like, when you interact with them, you see it. It's like, oh, they're, they're, not, gonna, they're not listening to old Patricia Mill. And then you turn out, because they'll be like, look. Fuck this all. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all butthurt. They're not real comics. It's like it's the easy route to be actor actresses. And I don't blame them, but it's like you you see it and they're like, this yeah. is what's funny. And it's like, no. You think people are coming into comedy think it's the easier route? Because it's like a fucking 30 yes. years Yeah. It's the hardest art form that everybody swears they can do. But if everybody. you're an actor or actress and then you want to get on stage. Comedy is the easiest way in New York City to get on stage, and mm. for whatever reason, and get, the, and get those yeah. and get those practice reps in. But the yeah. problem is, is that you got all these fake dudes that are fucking clogging up the conveyor belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now instead of having three dudes in front of you, you got three actual dudes in front of you, and then nine people in between you and them. 
all yeah. because they were on that one thing that one time or because uh, his agent's friends with this guy's agent. That's how he got, like, like you know what I mean? Like, it's all, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a purest sport, definitely. But in terms of business, show business, like, yeah, it could hit for anybody. It could hit Open for mics are still pure. Yeah, That's who's that dude? It. Yeah, who's that dude, uh, uh, Cooking Mama? Whoever uh, Chris Red was going to punch at just for laughs? Like, <laughs> like, yo, that dude, not funny at all. Not like, funny like, yo, at you all. Hit, yo, you're a good businessman. Don't get me wrong. Like, yo, you the Vince McMahon of your shit. But, like, in terms of it being good, it's not good. Yeah. No self-respecting comic calls himself Cooking Mama. <laughs> 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 number one i was gonna say before the quarantine zapia said that uh he's not an entrepreneur he's a comedian but you were i think now than ever now more than ever it's like you got to build like a brand like you were saying in business crazy yeah i mean like bobby lee he's a comedian and then somebody threw an engine behind him like uh i would say rogan is more of an entrepreneur than uh to be honest than a, a comic he just like he knew how to build the engine himself and like, turned into, so, turned into get, Johnny Carson. Or get the people have, behind yeah. you. Or get you people to build to have, it. Yeah, you either have to have somebody. And that's also, I think that's why these comedy networks are coming up. Because they know a bunch of these talented comedians, they're not the freaking business people. So it's like the, the comedians that have that business mindset have to make these podcast networks and everything else to like build the engine for these talented comedians. We see it all the time. That guy that's just funny as hell, but he can't get past the whatever comedy club or whatever because he's just like i'm funny put me on it's like yeah that those days are gone <laughs> those days are it's gone. all about yeah. equity now too in company yeah, no, it is it is like, even, yo some of the like the early the early shows i was getting from comics in the city like uh like uh ray gibbs jaddy robinson those dudes like we all clicked because i met them at stress at a club you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I would have gotten maybe if I even had the same set that I had at stress at like maybe a bar show, perhaps I wouldn't have been booked on their shows like oh, two weeks later. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's all that it's all that first impression. Like I hear dudes talk about it all the time where they're like, oh, yeah, like uh, such and such just got passed at the stand. I'm like, yeah, that's dope. Stand's a good place. But like y'all talking about it like it's the end all be all. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, everybody wants to be with the cool kids. Not, am I good enough to be with the cool kids? Like, but also, there was a, like, in the past, that was the whole point, though, kind of, like, oh, to get past the seller, not necessarily to make money, but just to be able to hang out. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that essence, essence is kind of lost also, because it's like the yeah, best yeah. times are, like, when you're hanging out with comics and drinking, and then, yeah. you know, you're the doing the fuck you want. And... Yeah, and then the girls come too with that. <laughs> now the end all be all is gonna is shifting more towards uh, being your own entity, so you can open your own studio, employ comics, employ video people, basically yeah, be Schultz or Rogan. I think doing out, uh, maybe multifaceted. We'll I think that comes. I think that comes later down the line. I think that the one thing that as it should guys, all these guys that have the momentum now is that they went about their craft in the way that they should have. Yeah, uh, and, and that's like, why. The same Are way they now or those guys that yeah now but no, no, now no yeah no now, I'm saying the, guy, now, the guys that are hitting now like Schultz Schultz put his time in 
Yeah, oh, yeah, well, these guys that are says no. These are like 10 years <laughs> in. Yeah, but the newer, like, I'm talking about fresh, like, really new guys. Oh, no, 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 They're not working on the crap. They're thinking, how can I get go viral or whatever. Yeah. But we know, we don't want to call him out, but Tom, we know that kid that's um, yeah. from San New York. is like, he, he has a way bigger following than he said because he's like, he's a smart kid, you know not well, and he's a he's a viral kid, you know. He's oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I sent you the thing, yeah. Josh. Yeah, Josh yeah but, but he's not, but he's not Josh a good comic. Yeah, no, no, no. That's yeah, how we look is. at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not to crap on him. That's the sad thing is, he'll sell out. Nice kid. He'll sell out before a good comic. That's a sad he's part. He's not a nice kid. He was nice to you, Tom. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Gracie thought he was right. I I don't know. Oh, he 100. No, but because he's from Connecticut. If you're gonna if you're gonna sell out before if you're gonna sell out before me. And you're not that good. That's fine. Listen, I'll let yeah. you sell out all day for a year or two. I'm shooting for the longevity. Like, like, bro, like, like, and that was. But does it not bother you? It bothers you. Human nature. No, 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 Because no, it doesn't bother me, especially if I know I'm nicer than you. Because <laughs> why? All you got, all you got to do is do this. This is all you got to do. Hey, bro, like, congrats. Can I open for you? See how quick they say no. <laughs> I got a friend who opens for. I got a friend who opens for a YouTube uh, YouTube guy. Who's Yo, been see, comedy for like how, years? See how quick that guy goes. What you do, twenty-five in front of me? That that has to do an hour. They're not gonna do it. Mm. They won't. Like like, and that that in itself is more of an accomplishment. I feel than selling the venue out. I think that's gonna come. Asses and seats come once you're on something. But like me personally, I want to be the dude that's like, yo. This kid's blowing everybody out the water. That way, comics can't say nothing. And once comics sign off on you, industry follows. It's like being yeah. hot in the street as a rapper. I don't, I don't, but that's where we disagree. I don't think once comics sign up, off on you anymore, that industry follows. I How do you think you get passed? Oh, where, maybe at the speller, <laughs> but everywhere else? They, they do it at the stand. The stand? Yeah. Two Rex um, and a, um, uh, the, uh, the stand is like in that little bit is a who you know kind of thing for us to open the stand. It seems like the fraternity, like the, the whole passing stuff. A lot of people say that's the time. Well, of the getting a getting a cosign from another comic to get past somewhere is basically like you, who, it's about who you know. It's ba that's basically networking. That's right. Right. Even like a if Rogan they cosign. do get a cosign to get past, how, do they get up a bunch? Like I don't get that. Right. No, they, uh, they they make you uh work up you, to it. you get the. You get the two recommendations just to get in the door. You'll, you'll get that two recommendations. They'll be like, all right, do five or seven. And then they'll probably put you through the ringer. They'll be like, all right, come back tomorrow. But here's my take gonna, on that. Gonna... Gracie, uh, do you think what's more important, like a pass at the stand or seller or a Rogan cosign or a Charlemagne podcast cosign? Would you rather have like the big name cosigns and be good and not care about the politics of comedy? That's a good one because you would want both. I know what you Obviously, wants. you want your peers to. That's a good one. Do you, though? Because Bert that never is, got That is a good one. Fuck it. I'll take the Rogan and Charlemagne make money and put people on. The Charlemagne, the Charlemagne podcast proves more fruitful because people might not fuck with you at first, but once, but if you're that nice on the stage, people are going to fuck with you once they see you live. Because the comics will always be like, he's big because he's cool with Charlemagne or Rogan. And That's all the West Coast comedians. Yeah. True. Now, would you, but would you even care, though, if the bread no, matched anyway? 
I would. <laughs> I wow. know I would. Sons don't care. Security, I know I would. It's I a compliment. For, just like Alex said, it's a compliment for a comedian at the stand to pass you. It's a compliment for Charlamagne. Be like, yo, come on my podcast, get this interview, or come on the. Yeah, I'm, but if, I'm, if, it, if they're like, oh, he's he's blowing up because of X Y Z. If like certain people said it, like. Dude, but no, they were already talented. They were already talented. They already get. They're just getting exposure. Like no, no, no. Uh, There's some trash people out here making it. What what I'm saying is yeah. that. And if you if you look at somebody achieving something, even if it's not deserved, that's only going to make you more angry inside, and it's gonna cause some turmoil. You're gonna say some shit. You're gonna do things, and it's gonna fuck you up. Where and this dude's just getting his bread. He got no idea you hating on. Whereas I could look at this dude and be like, damn, all right, he got a bunch of shit now. I still well, know most I'm comics aren't like that. Not ready? I still know I'm nicer than him, so. It's gonna come eventually. At this and point, it's me, a numbers. May, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as like you know self actualized as you said. That just makes me angry. Like fuck this guy. Like I'll be like I'll be like I'm like I'm like he's he's no, not. I'm just like he's not as fun as me. He's making like he's making a living, and I'm living under the fucking tunnel. I'll be like you know, I'm saying you know you know people you know people in third world countries looking at us like man fuck you. Oh man. yeah, Are you thinking about first world country problem. <laughs> Francis Ellis said it best. You ain't thinking about them. I like what Francis Ellis said. Remember what he said about like, there's people doing their time, doing like 20 years thinking, why haven't I made it? And there's people who were like, did it for three years and made it. It's different now. Well, it's, it goes uh, back to what Gracie said. You're funny, put me on stage, don't work anymore. So it, and it hasn't probably in, in 10 years. And also getting one, going on one podcast Funneling is, up not content. Cha- is not changing your life. I mean, it helps. Rogan, obviously Rogan will. If you go on Rogan, you're getting 100,000 followers. Same with Brett. Not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like buying 100,000 followers. Why not go on yeah. Rogan or Charlemagne? I think it depends. I don't think every single person is. Nimesh Patel went on Rogan. He still ain't, he ain't fucking Norman yet or he ain't, you know, uh, Schultz yet or whatever. I mean, like, I think it Very definitely neat. helps. Don't get me wrong. And it brings you much more press and, and like to your, and views to your shit than doing a 15 minute spot at the cellar. But I think it's a getting to the point where you become, you slowly become your like a Rogan. I, I like tell you, you build what, it your gets own. you. It gets you a living because if you say you're on Rogan, go to New York, every club's gonna book you. That's true. You don't even have, they don't even have to see if you're good or bad. They're, just, they're gonna book you off of the fact that you're you're building uh, asses and teeth. Yeah. Francis yeah. Ellis funneling content, major key. He was giving gems. Oh yeah. oh yeah uh, i remember we were talking about that too dude all this is like there's so many there's so many chess pieces that are in play when you're when you're dealing with especially entertainment industry i just think that the easiest way through this whole thing is yo you got blinders on be supportive of your circle do what you gotta do and fuck what the next man got just i'm worried about whatever's coming to me you know because like i've seen those guys that do the whole why him and then those dudes end up quitting like like, like there's, pride, a, you know? there's a, there's a handful of comics that float, <laughs> yeah 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 but you could be blocking yourself from some potential shit that could have came like you never ever want to be the dude that goes fuck this dude just got showtime mad rapper yeah. When, for all you knew, a month later, that same agent could have saw you somewhere and wanted to pick you up now. Like, this whole thing is, yo, it's an endurance test, bro. Who wants to that live, part, that part who is live through hell the most? Mindset's yeah, you know? key. 
yo, who got who got holes in their fucking drawers the most and the longest before it happens to them? You know what I mean? Like like who's really gonna you know sit through all of it before? Yeah, you don't want to be the you don't want to be the fake positive person and be an underground hater, or you don't want to be the hater either. Nah, rapper. You gotta nah. be like. But we've also seen that comic that's done it for twenty plus and they've gotten nowhere. That's what Francis was saying. But, 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 but that's something that's something that they did wrong. Putting the reps doesn't not necessarily though. Yeah, ready? The thing they did wrong. The thing they did wrong is market themselves, probably. No, I'm saying. Or didn't do it at all. Or don't have the image. I'm saying, did this person? Bird has an image. To a comedy hotspot? Did they ever reach out to any representation? Because like I know dudes that will literally go to the same open mics and then complain. Go, man, I'm just not even getting booked on anything. Yeah, that part. Oh my man. You gotta spread yourself out, even if you're. And I hate doing it, but even if I'm not on the show, but I know I want to do it, I'm gonna show up. Just but yeah, I that's the whole building your own engine. But I mean, yeah, but like, there's dudes that will go. I know the game inside and out, but will half-ass the steps prior to building a solid foundation. That's and true. and that guy, 15 years later, is gonna be like, it never panned out probably not going to happen for you i did it you know what i mean like and that's when you get you're going to encounter those people in any facet whether it's basketball, of, comedy yeah. acting whatever dude like well gracie the amount of killers that we would fucking see at stand-up new york which is you know uh you know it's a it's a it's a run-of-the-mill club in the city or whatever and the, the killers that we would see there who are literally no one knows them Granted, we were there probably before the huge social media boom or like right in the cusp of it, or at least podcast boom. I'd say right around when we were there, it was starting up or yeah. getting, you know, getting hot. Okay, they yeah, didn't, they like old guys, guys that have been doing like your Brian Scott McFadden's or your fucking Greg Warren. Remember those guys are like, you know, I don't know, guys, Sherrod to an extent, maybe guys who are just didn't put themselves out there as much as they could. But then who else did we see there in the exact same lineups in the exact same time slots, the same nights who would talk to us at the bar? And the Andrew Schultzes, the Chris DeStefanos, sure. the Norman, Sam Rills, all those fuckers we saw in the same lineups. And some make it out of that to be a huge thing and some don't. So it's all about how you portray yourself and put yourself out and, you know, but do that, podcasts, yeah, that, do different shit. Network. That's true because Andrew, but you could tell he, Andrew even before that, he had that mind where – Yeah, yeah was, he did. Every interview I interviewed him. Yeah, he's an entrepreneur first. Yeah. Before he's not that he's a bad comic, but he's an entrepreneur first. No. He, he learned though from his parents. He made mistakes. He learned. He thought TV was it. He thought stand up. Now when I yeah. talked to him last, he doesn't even give a fuck about like the booking of comedy owner clubs. He like puts himself well, on everything he does is his own shit. He does, well, he does off, his, off his fans, his brand. Well, it's interesting though, even at Stand Up Europe, he's really good friends with the owner, but no, he, he never. But he he kind of yeah, yeah with brother, he kind of way more bookings. He, yeah. he chose not to. Yeah. So he he's strategic. That. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the guy's really, yeah. Also, he, Mike, he, he, uh, he turned he, out pussy from a real hot girl. You remember that night, Tom? I <laughs> that, girl waited, that, that girl waited went, all night for him. It's, when he yeah, went to yeah. Stress Factory, the one night he didn't sell out, it wasn't that busy. And then the night, like a couple of years later, he sold out instantly and only did two shows instead of four. And he knew that he, he knew before coming, he's like, I knew I don't have a huge fan base in New Brunswick, New Jersey. But he really did. It was just a. That was also a Thursday, though. Yeah, but, um, but he's really strategic and smart with a lot of stuff, and he was always, uh, you know, progressive and always like it was ahead of the game. So when you yeah. talk to him, like he might not have been doing it that minute, but he knew what he was gonna do. Like he was telling, like building my own brand, doing YouTube podcast with Charlemagne, 
it's like i'm gonna it's all going to my comedy like if you talk to him like off the record he like knew everything he was doing before he was doing it. he had a plan and the yeah. thing is tv was it until about seven eight years ago when podcasting and the internet started to pop off so you have to adapt to what is it schultz was a big fucking hunk on fucking mtv when tv he was like tv was it i'm on mtv i'm good Oh no, MTV died, Guy Code got canceled, podcasts are blowing up, YouTube's blowing up. Let me move over there and keep it going. Yeah. Or make but it you, better. You did notice too though, he was smart in knowing what his opportunity was. And that's what yeah. a lot of people fuck up too, is that Guy Code launched like like fifteen comics at the same time. At least. Bro. At least like, at the same like, time. Like if you, like, got, if launched, you just got lucky it was like you got on Guy Code early. I could name I could name all of them. Like yeah, we can name Mal Soder, DeStefano, it was Morel, good. Um, like, like, fucking uh, the the Middle Eastern dude, Fahim Anwar. It was a fucking, great show. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Who else? Yeah, and everybody. You could, it's you know, so funny you could, too. Carly Aquilino, Duval, Charlemagne were the best. Duval, yeah. But like, but like that works. That works for that time. So that would kill you. DeStefano said it. He's like, Geico got me 100,000 followers overnight. That works for that time slot, 2009 to 2012, whatever. Then TV's dying out. Netflix comes in. Podcasting comes in. So now this is in internet and podcasting until this dies. If Schultz couldn't even does, spell specials. But that's what I'm saying. Network television may come back, possibly. Yeah, you never I know. If they, part, nah, if they partner, I bet you anything, major networks, if they're smart, they will partner with the main uh, with the main media platforms. So, like, let's, yeah. say CBS, let's say CBS and MTV went to Netflix, but um, MSNBC or something went to Showtime, and, like, it splits up like that. Like, but permanently. Like, no more cable TV. Like, 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 like that if that happens that's going to be great because now it's almost like social media and with what's being put out on the netflix and the hulus and the hbo's and the showtimes right. they're going to have like two different facets now which is right. double the chances of you making it anyway like it's a, it's it's going to work out in our favor technology's kind of helping just push stand up like specifically it's helping push stand up into the homes of people that never would have fucked with it anyway so like now is more of a time like the greater time than ever to fucking pursue and push and build that fucking brand that you want whether it be from a podcast like we're doing or like like bro the genius and like what we're like what all of us are doing is dope is that like yo we started doing the podcast we have all our homies on that do shit that are interesting people that come on sweeney's doing radio me and tom are also doing stand-up like one hand washes the other. Now, and it's I like, ever join a network or? Yo, yo. We got a couple people. Like, I know dudes just from talking. I just know a bunch of people. So, like, I got dudes that work in studios that are sound engineers that were like, bro, we want to partner with you guys. Why don't you just do it in house? Once I got that first, like, somebody offering that, I was like, it might just be more safe for us to keep doing what we're doing. Like keep it one hundred percent us. Keep growing the value. Like so all they do really is just guest sponsors, right? And they just give you a space yeah. and they'll edit it for you. Law of nine, Some yeah, like, like, like shout out them. Shout out Law of Nine. Yeah. Shout out uh, DJ uh, DJ Dark Kent, uh, B Side Brian Miranda, sounding best sound engineer in the East Coast. Like they wanted to help out, but like it's because they see value in what you're doing. So immediately it's like, all right, I see that going. Boom. How do we reinvent again? It's like we're polishing the same shit. 
some fucking oh, dickhead. Oh, I got about to call me daddy. Oh, I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about what Alex is talking oh, about. Call me daddy. I learned. I learned a lot. I learned a lot they, about this. And basically, suck. basically, as an up and coming creator, there'll be podcast networks that'll reach out to you to work with you. And what they do is they'll try to sign a slave deal where they own all your rights and your links. So yeah, just the chance, idea. just on the chance you do make it. They'll profit off all that and you get nothing. So it's best when you're starting out or up and coming or like underground following to just be organic and just like you produce it all yourself. But I'll say this, would Call Me Daddy be as big as they were without? Fuck um, no. It's Call Her Daddy. Nobody would. Well, that was my point. I was going to ask you this. Um, I was going to say, so as a podcaster, technically I'm a podcaster, Call Her Daddy, they made it. The girl was hot and made it because of Portnoy, made it in like a week and got blew up and got famous. I'm personally not mad. I'm personally inspired by that because it shows me that you need a following and you just need someone who's going to okay you and a huge network and you could be big if you're already talented or semi good looking for a girl. And I know that as comedians, you guys would be upset if you were doing comedy for fucking 10 years and all of a sudden some hot girl made it in like a year. It happens all the time. That happens all the time. <laughs> That's right. what I'm saying. You got to play for that. Happens like, all even if she time. looked like the freaking I'm not even open mad. Mic, they're like, the, the, the semi-attractive girl comes in late and the guy uh, still puts her name. Zappy is sending me barstool clips of these guys with a show. And they like made it because they're on Barstool. It's not they're not in great. He said they're basic, and I even have yeah. Barstool fans telling me they're not even that great. Sweeney, put it this way: Yo, we ahead of the curve, whether you realize it or not. Hell yeah, son! Big change, bitch. I try, trust me when I tell you. Trust me when I tell you. Yo, yo dudes is moving chess pieces around. But the by the way, uh, I don't know if you want to plug it. You could edit it out, but I guess whatever we're supposed to be doing with the shirts and everything too. Oh yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, we got a lot of shit. The only annoying thing is the caller daddy yeah, girls can make it off just off exposure in a week. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 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 It don't matter. Lola, and if all else fails, don't worry. I'll drop the sex tape and we out here. <laughs> <laughs> that always comes in handy. Hell yeah. Yo, guys, listen, I got to bounce. I got to jump on another. Oh, yeah. Word. All right, man. All right. Yo, Grayson, nice meeting you, brother. Nice meeting you too, man. Yeah, and get on nah, that reptile. I'll send, you, I'll send you some links. I gotta hang. I'm gonna send you some links to get, <laughs> to get people indoctrinated into the reptile philosophy, especially since you have a girlfriend. I want you to be. I want you to be purple pill at least. Purple. Oh my god. <laughs> yo, yo, Alex, listen, we gotta listen. help him get back in this. I'm open. What was he saying about caller daddy? I wanted to hear his take. I'm open. Listen, I'm open to everything, and it's a big year for your boy because I might be uh, on a uh, national Native American roster soon. So, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we out here. <laughs> when the fuck stand-up comedy coming back? Never. Uh, like August. Probably, well, yeah, no, Cages. Cages did a pop-up show. Yeah, well, but all the, the fucking things coming back in the winter. Open. All the clubs in the south are open. It's gonna come back in the uh, winter. Hey, listen, I'm not saying anything, but there might be there might be probably an outside show at one of our favorite places to perform at. Not naming where because it's unofficial, but who knows? Well, I'm ready. Just can't hey, anything in four right. months, but I'm still ready. All right, well, I'll go. Alex, I'll talk to Yo, you soon, bro. I can see you guys, bro. Grace, you definitely hit me up, brother. Later, dude. Cheers. What's Mike, you want to touch on Call Her Daddy or you want to end it? I literally fucking talked about it for two minutes. No one answered anything I said. <laughs> oh, you, no, you, you yeah, just said, I just said, I, you, all you said was, I told you the KFC guys were mediocre. Yeah. No, but the, the whole thing about like how Barstool, like, it's subjective. You guys like, get mad, like, that someone makes it in a year and you do it for 10 years. I've been podcasting and radio forever, and the girl is just hot and had a YouTube page, Portnoy slid in her DMs, and she made it in like a fucking month. 
I'm not and Gracie, mad. And Gracie, it shows that you don't have to have talent. It shows you don't have to have talent. It just shows about who you know. But maybe yeah, but I'm, but that's, talent that's is subjective. My human. That's maybe my your hotness is a talent. I haven't evolved. I get mad. Saying, <laughs> like, but that's – shit like that happens is why Gracie gets mad at, like, stand-up. Or, like, I know. But, like, there's you, – you can't – also, you can't compare yourself to – you can't put, compare yourself to hot girls. They're going to get the edge regardless. That, it's just how it works, okay? They get fucked for voting and, and less pay or whatever, but yeah, they'll get that because they got smoked. <laughs> I was going to say the one girl you talked to, she probably had a point that she didn't relate to the content. I could see that. But we're not famous. That's why. No shit. It's kind of what and if, and, if, and if Portnoy DM'd you right now and said, hey, dipshit, nice fucking teeth. I'm going to put you on Barstool tomorrow and you're going to do Keep It Basement and we blow up by Friday. Then bitches are going to fuck with us. Do you understand how but it works? The thing about it, though, you have to – the thing with them, they, I think they built – audience before so it's not necessarily probably a small one but not not call her daddy million dollars worth of game did wallow did wallow and gilly the kid you know do you know wallow gracie oh yeah i know gilly the gilly the kid's cousin whoever they have a yeah yeah they have it on barstool but they own more of their rights than the normal podcasts on there if that makes sense well yeah but they're they were in the rap game and they understand like they're not gonna get jerked around so I think it's weird because you have like what I try to explain to people is you kind of have to be a celebrity then start podcasting. A 50, I'm, re, I'm listening to 50 Cent's book and he's like, I, I realized I had to drop How to Rob the song. In the, that's what got him big, How to Rob. He dissed everyone in the industry and he had to like do something, his fuck you moment. Kind of like where Mickey fought CM Punk. You get that thing where you get that exposure and then you do what you want to do. And that's the what thing you're missing. Anyway? Oh, he's fighting, uh, he's fighting fucking uh, what's his face at the end of the month? Um, Perez. No, not Perry. What's his name? Mike Perry. Perry. Yeah, Mike Perry. Mike Perry. Uh, and that's a long time coming. That fight was supposed to happen fucking over a year. But anyway, my point is like you have to have that fuck you moment where something big co- pops off or like a whole momentum thing, and then everyone starts to fuck with you. Getting bug bites. Yeah, and that's what happened with Car Daddy. They were uh, probably gonna make it a little bit, make a little bit of a name for themselves without Barstool because they're hot. But as soon as you get on Barstool, it blows them up even more because girls still fuck a Barstool. Barstool's just a Barstool's just an example of a network that overall works. Like, like ninety percent of people love it. Like, your mainstream people love it because they do dumb videos. They're built around sports. They cover the girl shit with those slutty podcasts and with Barstool smoke shows. They're they're world renowned. They have pretty much all audiences covered. The only people who wouldn't fuck with Barstool are like eighty year old people. So Gracie, when Gracie did those Facebook ads, like he sent that email. The point is, like, what's our value? And I kind of could see what hater girls say or dudes who like Barstool. Because those fucks and everyone who is big use a platform to gain more leverage, whether it be athletic sports or hip hop and stuff. And it's kind of you as an original comedy creator, you got to cut. We kind of have to talk about what's popular more while being ourselves, though, too. Yeah, but that's why you have to take third party uh, uh, opinions with a grain of salt. Because if we went, if we were on Barstool tomorrow and blew up, the girls would fuck with us, the dickheads would fuck with us in five seconds, they'd be eating their words. Because we have like, just as good a content as them. It's kind of like Million Dollars Worth of Game because they'll talk about sex, dating advice, but also current news in the industry and hip-hop. And it's like, same with Joe Budden. They, they, they are a, vari- a variety of things. But some people say you need a niche following. Like, if we were to do a podcast about candy canes, we'd be the number one podcast because no one else does candy canes. You know what I'm saying? Here's the, here's the kicker. Is, yeah, go ahead, Gracie. This is what I think Barstool and all these big uh, corporations do. It's like, when you find your audience, say you have you only have 500 subscribers or whatever, and they see that. They're trying to see, can they scale that audience? Kind of like, um, so it's like not necessarily, I think you have to be big within your audience, even if it's not that big, and then you use those, them 
to magnify that audience. Exactly. Uh, they can't scale your audience. Like, if, for example, car, car for daddy audience is probably white sorority girls. White rich girls, they, hot girls, yeah. Yeah. And guys. They're, and even if, let's just say they built only 200 freaking subscribers, but their click-through rate on their ad was like ridiculous, like 80%. Uh, and they were all within this demographic. Now, when they look at that, they're like, oh, we can scale that up and put money behind that and just make a boatload of money. That's so I, it, I, I still think you got to find your audience and kind of like fuck, like fuck off on the other audience, know exactly what your audience is and still market toward them, even if it doesn't get you as big as numbers as going like viral and doing something that'll get you more clicks. And, it's and about I getting the conversion rate. What you were talking about too, it's, I tried to tell people like the people who listen just to want to come on, not knocking you or anyone like that, but like the stand-up comedians up and coming, they're not real organic audience or authentic because they'll fade away over time when you don't have them on or if they've already been on. And you have to build an audience where I was looking it up. There's this thing called like podcast listeners, like hardcore podcast listeners, where they'll listen to like Burt, Joe Rogan, uh, Skanks, and then all of a sudden Cube Basement and you're in like an algorithm with like the podcast. And like, those are the top podcast people. And it's like, your shit goes up from that because they track like who listens to what and you're a part of that. So it's like, if you're like a, a comedy hardcore podcast and you're in that, you're winning and people see that. And then what you said about Barstool is interesting because I feel like million dollars worth of game might not make them a ton of money, but it's like, oh shit, we're not racist. So we got a black podcast now. We're, we're helping the urban communities They're come to listen to Barstool. They're to the black audience. Exactly. And then yeah, Barstool yeah. won because with Caller Daddy, they had the existing creepy male bros, bro audience, and then they got the female audience in that. So they go like, all right, the value is getting all these girls listening to Caller Daddy. They, they, the you're right about scaling. The demographic is the black audience when it comes to podcasts. Because, yeah, we watch, if you notice, they, the black audience, like, they have an understanding of what podcasts are, but they're not listening to it on their phone. The big black podcasts like, are like on YouTube. Like whether it's uh Button. Yeah, Brilliant yeah. Idiots and Button are probably the two biggest. Yeah, that's how they, they popped off. And we um they were talking about this actually a stand of New York with their podcast network. The roommates before before they pop off, before Andrew and pop off, and um they were they were actually debating um do like black people listen to, you know, on their phone or whatever. And uh one person actually said something interesting, which he was completely off. He was like, oh, most black people don't have iPhones, which is actually the opposite. But yeah, I don't know where he got that stat. Uh, he was just saying it in a racist way, but he was just saying like... And, uh, you, you were also saying like you wouldn't want to be made off Charlemagne, but they all use each other. You, if you're not getting used, you're useless, he said. So it's like Joe Budden goes on his, he goes on Joe Budden's, and you're all getting an audience for that. It's all win. No, it's, all it's, it's not that I wouldn't want to be made off. I, I think just coming from my love of stand-up and old stand-up i got you like i it, it would be like you know like if you if i blew up off of youtube and then the comics would be like oh he's that youtube star it would bother me bro i don't even know to be honest i know it's probably like that in the inner circle but like the shit alex was talking about no disrespect it's like man like i don't even think like that because it's like if you make it on something you're good at, you make it. And I just look at it as a brand either way. Cause they're yeah. Charlemagne right now. And Jesus Romero could do stand up comedy or like live podcasting and sell out. Burt Kreischer goes, I can't believe Charlemagne's not a comedian. I think Charlemagne's probably funnier than Burt Kreischer. I dare yeah, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like really, funny. Funny is funny. Comedy. Schultz always said that funny's funny, yeah. but obviously putting your reps in and stand up does matter. But Francis Ellis also said, well, stand up different though. Stand up is not necessarily how funny you are. 
True, I know. Stand up is like a is like this like it's like a formula that people haven't figured out on because you can have the funniest joke and it just doesn't hit. It's like that's what makes stand up so great. But I also think that's what's like if you go like we we see it when we when we work at Stand Up New York is like you have the great comics and then you have some comics that are like they just kill the crowd. Back in like nineteen fucking eighties or seventies, that would never happen. The how you it'll be killer because everybody will have put in that work and every but not anymore. It's like I think and there's way there. and there's way less comics and way less people attempting to be comics yeah, that exactly. aren't good at yeah. it or, mm-hmm. or actual really comics. Yeah, most yeah, famous comedians yeah. aren't even funny. People are saying that, like I was saying before. But I think image goes into play too because Chrysler with a shirt off helps, and then you have like certain looks. Like everyone has that. Like Mark Norman said that like kind of like cartoon character style in a way where you could picture everyone off on the stage, West Coast. Most comics, the real great comics off stage, they're not that funny if, when you think about it. Think about when you like just at Stand Up New York, uh, and that's what I asked. Freaking crack, cracking jokes, and yeah, they're not that. Yeah, Schultz wasn't. That's the thing with Schultz, probably where you could see him becoming more of a media. I don't even think he's that funny. Entrepreneur. No, he was. Schultz is a guy who's not funny. Like he, like we would have talks with him at the bar, and he'd be serious with us, like telling us about Mm -hmm. what to do and further your career. A straight just comic who's like. I'm just going to be a comic and write jokes and not do entrepreneurial shit like a Norman. He would just crack jokes with us. So you could see that in them. It's like, okay, you're going to end up being something different than you because you're like telling us how to live your life. Like he's always thinking two years ahead. But like Joe walk. List though is fun. I think Joe List is stand-up is funny as fuck. But oh, yeah. He, he, like he doesn't, his personality-wise, he's not like. It's crazy how much bigger Norman got than him. And he's, as he's been, you know, Louis opener for, for however many years or whatever. But I think it's just about marketing, what hits, what helps. Like you just said, Norman's Rogan appearances helped him more than Joe List. Joe List went on Rogan. Nobody even knows it. So I like, think that Joe is more concerned about uh, getting a family and all that crap. Mark Norman has a better I mean, image, it looks like. He's Bob also – he also – he's – I think Norman has a has – a, 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 a un, I don't know how to word it. A un, like, an unplanned – like help to him meaning he's so quirky and like weird and nuts and and he'll, he'll say stuff that just sticks like not even meaning to like he's his demeanor and his voice his comedy voice and his like hey hey like robotic which that's he, <laughs> yeah, he's like so that. he's like that like he's not he's not playing a character that's that's no, just how he is, he is. and no, i just think uh, it hits I'm because he's he funny. is he does that he he because i would be in the office uh and that once again i'm might have to listen to this and be like, fuck this guy, whatever. But when I'll be in the office, he talks differently to um, his actual friends. And he, he only talks to us like that because he knows we're comics. Well, yeah. Like we're up and coming. No, but I've seen him talk. He talked he talk completely different to Brittany, to, to Donnie. And Maybe he's he because does. he's trying to like tap, like, no, step. He, but, but didn't you see him on Good relaxed, Morning Cleveland? That's why. Yeah, but didn't you see the viral clip on Good Morning I Cleveland? I think some play a part. himself. Cause he was so bored. He didn't want to fucking, he didn't want to play the dance of being like, yeah, it's great. And just lie and, and pretend like he wanted to be there. So he just went nuts and said, I'm gay. I just farted, whatever. But I, I think he does he's that. like super, like I've seen the real side of him. He's like, I think all comedians are like that, by the way, I feel like you guys act when you're on stage, you get a high and you're more than what you are. You're playing a part. Well, I drove oh. him to the train station and he, and he told me some, he was being pretty serious with me and was telling me some serious shit. So I definitely seen a serious side, yeah. but I think he's just, he was brought up and he was, it, it also depends on how you're raised. I think he was brought up in a situation where he's just like a, he's like an awkward guy. Like he's not like a Schultz where he could like 
you know, tell you how to fucking be rich on YouTube in four years, but he can tell you his in, inner thoughts about comedy, and they could have the same effect. They're just well, different. Stand up is most stand up comics are looking for that dopamine high of like, like we've all felt it. Like when you kill, and then like oh you're you feel like oh man it's like the best drug in the world, and then when you bomb, you just feel like you just want to die. Yeah, not good. Uh, and that pride and ego shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. Dopamine we're deeply insecure comics. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't get like why you want to be a part of a fraternity when it's like a phony fraternity in a way and it's all about who you know and it's not even about talent. It's like networking. You know, I well, get it though, but I like don't understand why. Like I wouldn't feel some type of way. I guess if you're a comedy comedy guy, I wouldn't feel some type of way if a YouTuber was making more than me because I was like I was going to say, I know someone who did comedy for like like a long time and they open up for a YouTuber who's been doing it for like five years and they're like, all right, he's probably going to bother him. Years. Didn't bother him. It, I don't know. I don't ask him, but it doesn't look like it bothers him because it's getting him more checks and bread and he's connecting with the kid and getting more followers from it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you're getting used for what you, his thing. He's getting used because he's like a real standup. So the guy's like, he's cool. And he's from my area. I'm going to put, I'm going to bring him on. And it's like the YouTuber's probably putting him on more than the comedians putting him on for no, worth. It wouldn't publicly bother me if I'm eating off of it, but it, it, it would bother me. Like, I'll be like, it would bother me like crazy. Get aside. Gracie, yeah, keep in mind, Mike is someone who doesn't uh, really get, and it's not shitting. No, I do. I get, exists. I get comedy, but I'm. No, he I'm gets it. Like he that. gets it, but he doesn't. I get the uh, fraternity see the, part. Yeah. He doesn't see the the, like the, the, cool the, hang, the fraternity part, the pure right joke part. He yeah. and I don't blame him for not seeing that side, but he just doesn't see it. And you, who who did stand up and basically quit, sees both sides, which is why you're a great person to talk about. It's all marketing now. He, and you yeah, agree yeah, with that. Really I see it without doing it. Like I've been around it, but I like I haven't been on. I haven't had the reps on stage, but I see everything about it, and I see a lot of it's so phony that it's like fuck it. You might as well just market and do good anyway, and blow up, and everyone will blow you. Yeah, but there's also if if uh, maybe I'm not at that point anymore. But at one point, if I like if I could maybe barely make six figures off of doing just going around New York City and like hanging out with the comics and all that stuff. I would choose that over, at one point in my life, I would choose that over making a million, two million, and being That's what I told you last night. And that's what a Norman, that's what a Norman is or what a Norman would choose, a guy with that mindset. But, but Sweeney sees it as a bigger picture. Like, he'd rather, be, he'd rather work forever, become a Schultz, and be a millionaire and, and be able to employ others and that not makes, just bust your ass to I just, I, get, I like motivating. I like putting people on. I like putting other people on and showcasing talents. I would have a TV. I would have not even a TV show, just like a show interviewing whoever I want, like Rogan, doing whatever, whatever I want. Kind of more Tom Green Rogan-ish. And then if I want to do stand-up, fuck it. Do stand-up too. Like, who's going to stop you when you have a following? You know what I mean? Yeah. People, like, oh, man. But nothing feels better than, like, being in New York and being in that. It sounds bad, but being in that, that group. Uh, I haven't experienced like, it. I probably should. I'll, I will in two years right. when we go out again. And, and well, yeah, I never like, t- You even get – we've seen that. You get – we get – you've seen it, like, at stand in New York when you're in that group. And not, not only do you get, like, attention from the girls, but, like, everybody in the bar is, like, looking at you, like – Oh, those are the comics, and like it's like a small level of celebrity, and it's just like you're just drinking and joking around, and it's like uh, that's why I love about Andrew, and not to knock on the other fucking comics, but it's kind of like, oh, we don't want to talk to you because we're you're not at our level as cool kids. He's so cool. That's Andrew, why he's successful. Yeah, that's, that's like, what people don't realize. Yeah, but Andrew will actually be like he will he will hold court, and you'll be talking him and uh, what's his Indian boy, the Indian kid. Akash. You know why they do that, right? No. They literally get excited helping other people out and putting game onto them. And also, they don't know they'll they'll treat everyone the same because that intern next thing you know could be the next Howard Stern. They could be the what? next big thing. You know what I mean? 
It's that's yeah. a Charlemagne approach. Charlemagne taught Andrew that in a way because he talks about it all the time. Wow. No, no need to disrespect someone in the room, the same room as you. Treat everyone equal and show love and talk. There was, t- you know, like, I remember Kass and I. That's how I'm like. Argue about uh, sports, and he would talk. He was, he would talk to me like he wasn't a cuss. I remember these two girls actually tried to fuck him, and he, he blew them mm-hmm. off. But that's also one, like, also one thing. I'm like, he's not even super famous, but like, he had these two girls. Like, it was just like a local celebrity. I'd rather be like that local. It's hilarious. It's hilarious because there's comedians who think Same. like I, I want to be like this huge thing and get all the bitches instead of just a local celebrity. It's always grass green <laughs> on the other side type shit. Well, yeah, I guess when yeah, if I got to that point, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard not to use your emotion, but you can't like use your emotion in these situations and get bitter about a YouTube guy making it or the it's it's got to be tough because it's like all pride and ego. But like if you're really doing it out of love and not to sound corny, if you're really doing it because you love it, it's like if you eliminate pride and ego. Maybe you might not be a good as stand-up comedian as you would with the pride and ego, but it's like you won't be like a fucking nut job over time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I'm, like comics aren't the best for like people in terms of mental health. No, I know, <laughs> I know that. I know that. So I'm good. He knows. I'm, good. I'm good for that. But um, yeah, that's for sure. No, I'm just saying like the pride and ego thing. It's just uh, I, I guess it makes a lot of careers in a way, but at the same time, it definitely is the fault of a lot of people. Uh, because I, I'm well, I'm trying to be Buddhist. And that's one of the biggest things, like an ego. It's or, tough, right? Yeah, that's like the biggest. I, I guess you could use it in your favor in a positive way, but not be like so negative with certain things. But I get the whole like the comedy crowd, the click in a way. And then also like if a YouTuber was on or someone blew up before you. But a lot of these comics are so phony because they act like they're friendly. But when someone blows up, they like want to be like them and they hate on them so much. And you could see it. I could just see it from the they're outside looking phony. in. Yeah, they're all phony. You know? Not good. They all blow each other when someone does something big and it's, like, so phony. It's like, I'd rather not even be cool with the guy if I don't like the guy, you know? Well, no. Oh, oh, uh, Some, I'm not saying. The younger, younger. I gravitate, to, I gravitate towards the ones who come up to you and talk to you and are nice, you know what I mean? And there's some yeah. that are awkward and shy but are still cool, but there's others who act like they're, like, the shit or, like, they don't know how to talk, so fuck them. Well, yeah, I think um, I don't fault them for that big but I understand it by the same time, like you said, it's better to go the Andrew route or the costume. He's so nice. Yo, keep it basement. Keep it basement. Back at it, baby, with the bang bangers. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I'm <laughs> I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to, to me, fans make the best interviews. You know what I mean? Like, Because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan, and you follow the artist, and you study your artist, and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artists for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I, like, yeah. like a, a lot of interviewers have 20 questions, and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions. But the yeah. truth matter is, if you ask me a question, if I ask an artist a question and the artist answers me, if I'm listening, I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him. And that's what a conversation is all about. Hello? Hello, Sife? Yeah, Sife, what's up? Hey, what's going on? This is Mike Sweeney. Sweeney. What's up, dude? Mike Sweeney, got it. 
What keep it what radio? Basement. Keep it basement? Like keep it like keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh hey what's going on? It's your boy Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney Sween and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep it basement. You are tuned in. <laughs> you are tuned in to the Keep It Basement podcast with your boy Sweeney. Y'all heard? What up, Sweens? Now tune to motherfucking Derelict. Keep it basement with the Sweens. That's the name of the podcast. Keep it basement with the Sweens. Keep it basement. We out. Welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world with its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over a hundred possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve, able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Keep It Basement is brought to you by Promescent. Promescent is a safe, proven, effective, lasting longer spray that can delay ejaculation and let men enjoy lovemaking in a way that they didn't know was possible. Promescent isn't just a spray to help you last longer in bed. It's a way to slow down the clock, giving you more time to play, more time to explore, and more time to discover new levels of intimacy with your partner. The primary benefit of using Promescent is that it is a local therapy and you won't have the risk of experiencing side effects like you would with an oral supplement. Simple and easy to use, just spray on the underside of the head of your penis and some on the underside shaft as well. Apply three or more sprays, but no more than 10 and rub in. Wait five to 10 minutes until it is fully absorbed into your skin. Don't forget to wash off the spray before engaging in sexual intercourse. Promescent offers spray, lubricant, condoms, and Betaflux, an erectile dysfunction pill, and offers free shipping on U.S. orders over $10. Follow Promescent on Instagram or visit promescent.com for more information. This is the Keep It Basement Podcast. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Laughable, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and anywhere else you can listen to us at. And also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Keep It Basement. And check the YouTube page out, Keep It Basement YouTube, for more interviews and content coming your way. Thank you for listening. Check out dankstop.com. We have the biggest selection of bongs, vaporizers, accessories, anything that you're looking for in the smoking industry. Use promo code BEAWESOME. That's B-E-AWESOME, A-W-E-S-O-M-E. One word, put it together, no spaces. That's for 15% off. Check us out. Uh, Stay tuned for a giveaway that we're doing with Keep It Basement. Shout out Keep It Basement. You guys were awesome. And hopefully we speak again soon. Thank you, Louie. Shout out to Dang. Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey (laughs) Champs. Sam. I'm not looking at you. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Yo, this is Sean Kelly, founder of Jersey Champs, and you're listening to Keep It Basement. Uh, Oh, I would love to tell you. I would love to tell you that basically... uh, Mike Sweeney, the head president CEO of Keep It Basement, fully admitted... At least you know it. Keep it fucking moving. Um, Porn sex, it's like 45 minutes an hour, but like real sex is like 20 minutes. Well, maybe for me, I guess. Try like three or four hours. Hour and 45 minutes? 
What the fuck? These four hours, he words of wisdom here. Always use a condom, and if you don't use a condom, make sure you got, like, really strong pull-out game, okay? <laughs> pull-out game week. Yeah, wear a condom. Are you nuts? I have two hairless cats. I want to. Can you get laid whenever with a bunch of options? How thirsty are your DMs? It's pretty lit. I ain't got Instagram. I don't got tweeters. I don't got nothing. A younger guy pick up a, a woman who's older than him. That's a really great question. How could I approach you and take you back to my room if we were sitting at a bar? You ask too many fucking questions. Don't ask no fucking questions. Plus, do funny guys get laid more? Oh, yeah, definitely. Would you date a uh, guy with a small penis? Like, how small? <laughs> How's, how big's your penis? Like, four inches? How funny are you? Then you put that video on fucking Worldstar. I hit the thing, it's YouTube. Fuck me up more. Sick of it. Stay down the cellar and shut the fuck up. Now. Keep It Basin podcast Keep it description. Basement. Find Keep It Basin with the Sweens wherever you get your podcast with hosts Tom Zappia and Alex Nicholas. Please make that a permanent drop in every episode. I scold them myself. Keep It Basement podcast. We out. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Stealth Mode Motorsports. It's a fucking read-through. What am I supposed to be? Act interested. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality. Quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati. Super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. Specializing in Yamaha R1 and R6, GSXR 650,000, ZX6R, ZX10R, and CBR1000RR late model years. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Good job with California. If you don't like it, fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the, at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Might turn into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. That's it. That's my view on things.